Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining us this week, panelists Michael Huber. Yo! Michael Damiani. What's up? My studious co-moderator, Mr. Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And making it all happen by starting the Zoom call in Slack, <laughs> Ian Hank. Hey! The backbone of the Easy Allies podcast. <laughs> Uh, saw a lot of people uh, mention last week. D- definitely just saw some Where's Kyle, and I can't tell if it's a bit. I can't tell on YouTube, the comments. Where did Kyle go? It's like, I mentioned it in the podcast. Or maybe it's a bit. Who knows? Uh, but not last a bit I moving heard forward. He's, he's in Madagascar, I think. Uh, I don't know. Still? If you don't, if you don't really believe in him, you can't see him. So <laughs> I think that's, that's a personal problem. You have to clap like your hands Every time enough. a bell rings. Yeah. <laughs> Bossman gets his wings. Bossman goes to another country. Uh, but um, so, yeah, last week was my first podcast as moderator. One of the things I did not get to do was corrections. And I had my fingers crossed. Maybe I was being naive, but I had my fingers crossed that I wouldn't have any corrections this week. <laughs> not the case. Dreaming. Um, but since I'm having to take on moderating duties, I will have to pass this along. Mr. Ian Hank, in oh. whatever method you deem most appropriate, please begin corrections music. Uh. Avor is pronounced Avor. It's not Ivor. It's Avor. Good to know. Good to know right away as well. Uh, Fallout 76 with the Wastelanders update is being very well received by fans of the franchise. It currently has a 79% positive rating on Steam across 3,700 reviews higher than Fallout 4. Huh. Fallout 76 on PC, and this is a different person commenting, but just to add to it, has a 52 Metascore, discounting the Wastelanders update. The Wastelanders update has so far on PC achieved a Metascore of 69, based on seven reviews. Nice. Uh, nice. Chris Bach in the YouTube comments did a great job summarizing AC's current future story. Talked a little bit about what's going on in the future, uh, whether that wrapped up with Desmond and stuff. A really great you know, three or four paragraph explanation. Didn't really want to get into all of it here because it was very dense and it was also very spoilery. Uh, but if you if you want to go to last week's episode, you can check that out. Uh, Blood, you might want to clarify on this. Villagers usually ask to leave no input on your part every 15 days. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that's something people have actually figured out or or, or what. Yeah, I, I don't know. People have really tried to get people to leave, and they won't leave. <laughs> and, and then other people, you know, like you, I've I've only think I've only had two of my villagers ask to leave. So yeah, I don't know. I think two or three thought, for me. I but once they ask once and you say no, they don't ask again, right? No, I, I think they would still ask again eventually at some point. Weird. I thought you could just go to Isabel and be like, kick Eloise yeah. out. No, that's, that, not how, that's, that's how that scrub works. the scrub oh. the catchphrases and stuff. Ah. Mm. Because someone puts an inappropriate thing. Yeah. In ah. Blood, do you like having that specific information? Or is that does that ruin the mystery for you of Animal Crossing? Or do you like knowing? We're talking about flowers. So it a depends. Week yeah, the flower. Yeah, the the Discord I'm in, the flower theories and, and people trying flower to get things. Flower meta. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because it's like... Oh, well, you know, you need orange roses to make blue roses, but not the rare orange roses that grow on your island, but the ones on the Nook Islands. I'm like, okay, okay, great. I'm trying to get just golden wait roses it, yeah. now. I'm just going to wait till it rains and hope for the best. Uh, didn't focus, got a lot of notes from people. Uh, didn't focus on The Last of Us 2 leaks. Not going to focus it on it that much again this week uh, for two major reasons. One, not a lot to talk about, you know, just to kind of be, because we were like, I can't wait to see your, hear your discussion. It's like, well, I don't know what discussion you would expect that to be other than this is unfortunate. Look out for them. 
And I think having our user base and our listeners look out for spoilers, talking about it a ton is not a great way to do that. Um, and and just generally, you know, uh, you, you talk spoilers, you, you uh, what's what I'm looking for? It's like doing a duck call. It's like a spoiler call. Right. It's like you're just inviting people to come in. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that being said, please don't do that. Uh, Deadly Premonition is not on PS4. It is backwards compatible on Xbox One, but not natively. Uh, someone remembers Huber on the podcast after 2 was announced and Origins was released, making a point about the Switch being the only modern console with the original Deadly Premonition. Uh, Cashel, who did the song, who sung the song for Deadly Premonition 2 in the trailer released, sounded familiar to one of our users. Uh, they also did Ungratify, the theme song to Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. Yes. Which we all, of course, <laughs> totally remember. And specifically trailer, uh, tra- not trailer notes, uh, podcast notes. I forgot to tell people about patreon.com slash Easy Allies and a very, very important part of the Easy Allies podcast. And last week's podcast was way too long, uh, still aiming for about 90 minutes, so hopefully we will keep that this time. End corrections music, please. End it. Uh, also want to add uh, 120% ground awesome mentioned 160,000 Nintendo accounts were hacked and mine was one of them. The hackers spent $900 mm. on Fortnite. Nintendo said they're going to refund me, but it hasn't happened yet, and is really stressful. Oh my god. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you for... It's nice when we talk about these big headlines, and it's, it's nice to get a personal take right. on some of this stuff, because if this stuff doesn't directly affect us, it is, it's always good to get that perspective. And a lot of people uh, gave me some excellent constructive criticism, and a lot of really great feedback. So, mwah, thank you all uh, for all of that stuff. It's what time did to they play. say to you? <laughs> What constructive criticism? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that one of the things that Bossman says, and it's really interesting doing like Hollywood Squares now that I have all of you like as an individual box. I can kind of tell like lower right hand box hasn't said something for a while. Let me throw something at them. And uh, they thought yeah. that was maybe a little heavy handed. They were like, you don't have to do that. It also be good. I kind of feel like a trapeze artist just flying out into the air. It could also be good just to be like panel. What do we think? And just wait yeah. for somebody. But uh, I'm just, it was my first podcast. I'm so nervous. But maybe I'll maybe I'll do that more today. Uh, it's time to play Gaming Gladiators. Four of you have, three of you have played this. Damiani has not and is raising an eyebrow, which I enjoy. You're, you're intrigued, aren't you, Damiani? Damiani, as you know, we had, to close, we had to close our nightclub, uh, which is frustrating. You know, everyone has a stay-at-home right. order. That includes video yeah. game characters. So when we reopen this, I, I think a nightclub isn't, isn't enough. I really want to go big. Uh, I want to start a, a Battle Royale Gaming Gladiator arena. I mean, guess not Battle Royale, because it'll just be 1v1. Some of you are very creative and doing 100 of these versus 100 of these. I'm looking for one-on-one matches here. Uh, and primarily video game characters. Some people threw in Batman and some other people. Like, I really like just to focus on video game characters. He's in video so, games. He is in video games, but he's not, you know, wasn't born in not video from games. Video so it's games. like when you think of skills and stuff like that, your mind might kind of drift to movies and comics and stuff. So right. let's keep it only with video game characters. Uh, I also mentioned in the, uh, the comments for this week in Love and Respect which ones that we mentioned last week, so I will be keeping a big list so you know who not to mention. So these are all new names and will be new names moving forward. Uh, I just want bets. Everybody's just placing their bets. You know, so we're not, obviously no. this, fight, this fight has not happened yet. Uh, I just, you know, want to give you all the first chance to put in some money on this, to put some bets on there. So I want to know <laughs> who all of you think will win these head-to-head matches. Keld Humajers and also Surf Spider, both recommended. Nathan Drake versus Joel. Oh. Ian, what do you think? I think Joel, because he's, like, Nathan Drake kills a lot of people, but he... 
doesn't get like inventive. Joel has to get like down and dirty sometimes. Yeah. And I think that he would go the distance, you know what I mean? He would he would not stop. He would get depraved if he had Nathan, to. Nathan Drake also like seeks out the fight though, you know what I mean? Like Joel really wants to, True. you know, doesn't want to doesn't want the combat whereas just Nathan is hungry for that stuff. No, Dude, he's what, not. Where are you putting your money? No, he's not. <laughs> he seeks adventure, though, you know? He seeks like, adventure. He doesn't seem combat. It's always like, oh, shit, people are here. Time to fight. He's not like, I mean, I'm going to go kill, kill 400 no, that's people. True. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a bloodlust, but he, you know, he gets on a plane to go somewhere, probably expecting that he's going to have some adversity. Uh, Daniel Bloodworth, who's making it out alive? I mean, Joel has shivs, right? Sometimes I believe yeah, I, I, he can I, I will check the reports out of this random crap on the crap, ground. I, yeah. I mean, I, I would not want to be fighting him. Mm. I mean, Nathan is an 80s action star. They're gonna be able to like just obliterate Joel. Like huh? Nathan Drake can hit him from like across the entire game map, so or whatever <laughs> arena. So he's gonna be able to like just destroy him with a shot like that and. All the wounds are going to be flesh wounds to Nathan Drake. So, I'm like, sorry, Joel. Like, that's what the that's what it stinks being based in a more realistic game. That that's the breaks. You're easier to kill. That's simple as that's that. That's a good point. That's a you good know, point. It, also, also worth noting, you know, obviously Nathan Drake's much better at verticality. You know, Joel's got to get the ladders. It's a big cumbersome process. Uh, whereas Nathan Drake's no stranger to zipping up and down very quickly. The arena, of course, will not have. And he, this is not Star Wars. I'm not bringing in panels from the walls or anything. This is just going to be dirt. This is going to be Russell Crowe with the tiger. You know, just a, a flat area. So you know, get 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 all of the the maybe the typical situations that you. Are think there waist high in. walls? No, it's just literally. Joel's toast. Joel's toast. Joel's toast. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Q, Q from Seattle. Ezio Auditore versus Agent 47. Who is the greatest assassin in history? Mm. They both start out on separate ends of town. They both have their usual loadouts of gadgets. Anything goes. Who assassinates who first? How exactly do you think they assassinate the other? Now, of course, again, as I just specified, the arena is very bare bones, but... You know, this this fight could potentially happen before they even get into the arena. You know, we could call out their names. One of them doesn't even come Ooh. out. And we're like, what happened? It's like, oh, we found him in the locker room. He's he's already dead, you know. <laughs> uh, so, Ian, what do you think? Uh, who Who is it again? Ezio Auditore versus Agent 47. Oh, yeah. Um, 47, I think. Because Ezio would be, uh, he's a, he's a fish out of water. He's a man out of time, you know. 47 would come after him looking like a TV repairman or something, and Ezio wouldn't know, you know, what to... Or, like, Agent 47's, like, hiding in a, you know, locker, and he's never seen a locker before. He just he's pops out. He's the guy out. selling popcorn yeah. in the stands. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Ezio's going to be so distracted. Agent 47's, yeah, their, their ability to blend in and their ability to, like, become anyone else, like... I don't think Ezio doesn't, doesn't have a chance. Unmatched. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like oh, the, the misdirection game he, that they're going to play with with Ezio. Like Ezio's going to think they stabbed and killed the person and then they're going to find out, oh, it was a decoy. Yeah. So like, yeah, 847's decoy game is too good. You can't, you have no chance. And so they, 47's okay. tech is just yeah, far The tech is just going to. He has hundreds of years of tech on him. So yeah. they call out both, we call out both names. Only Ezio Auditore walks into the arena and everyone freaks out. But then he takes the the hood off, and it's Agent Forty Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sick. What do you think, bud? Not to put words in your mouth. What do you think? Um, so to me, I I think they're both far more conspicuous than they think they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Agent Forty Seven he gets by because people don't know who he is. I think if if Ezio knows that's his target, he's gonna spot him from anywhere. He doesn't have eagle vision. Pretty OP. True, the game just tells you who Yeah, who 47 couldn't couldn't hide because he would just be eagle visioned and he'd be glowing red. I also think that 47 would uh, get distracted by trying to do the funniest kill. And while he's working up that plan, he would be blindsided. <laughs> Uh, finally, uh, we, we've talked a lot about you know big action stars, people with a lot you know high body count who are not afraid to uh, do some headshots and, and fight their way out of a skirmish. But this the 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 this is a bloodbath. This next match, David Meal submits Slippy Toad versus Tails. <laughs> Sli what's Slippy, to death. Slippy Toad is from what? Slippy Toad is from Star Fox. Oh, okay. They're both pilots. I never the played. Yeah, Star the problem Fox. is. Yeah. Slippy is a mechanic. Mm. Uh, they're not known for their dogfighting skill in an R-Wing or any of the machines. They're more known for their engineering prowess and, you know, inventing stuff and fixing mm. stuff. Uh, even though they can use a blaster, I, I just think Tails is faster. Tails is going to run circles around Miles them. Miles Tails powers, dude. He's a pilot. Yeah. It, He's a no real chance. pilot. He, it, yeah, Miles is used to... Fighting in the trenches, bouncing, jumping on enemies, taking the hits, you know, protecting the rings, trying to keep up with the one of the Sonic, one of the greatest icons in video games. Uh, I think there's no contest here. It's not even close. Sorry, not Slippy. to mention, nope. not to mention, Tails keeps coming back. You can't kill that little guy. Like he gets mm -hmm. screen killed or drowned or whatever. He just he'll just <laughs> yeah, float just right back in a second later, <laughs> and he's right. fine. Blood, you on the same page? Um. Not quite. The the separation I see comes actually with their machines, because Tails flies like a biplane. True. And Slippy can go at light speed, so. <laughs> <laughs> but needs needs a ship, and there's not gonna be a ship in this. It's Slip an arena. Slippy does the holdo maneuver. Yeah, that's, that's one true. in a million. Tails can fly without a ship. Yeah. He can fly with his tail. There's already a fox in Star Fox, and he's out in the ending credits 64. Mm. You see Slippy falling behind everybody. He's slow. He can't keep up. Money. Tails is going to run around him. Uh, I think so. But here, okay, so yeah, we'll take the ships out of the equation. <laughs> tails. <laughs> giving this so much thought. You can, you can grab on either one of those tails. Slippy, it's just, it's all slime. He's, he's trying to get a chokehold on Slippy. Are you sure pop they're slippery like that? He's named Slippy. Fine. He's a toad! Just because it's named after a or toad. Frog. And we all, we're also forgetting an important thing. Yeah. Tails, miles per hour, is an engineer themselves. Mm -hmm. So, if you're going to bring... I thought you were going to bring the counter-argument of Slippy's going to invent some cool gadgets to fight back right there. Tails is going to counter all that one for one. Be like, what's up? Tails I can make anything is, Tails, you can throw at me. The live Tails, inventing. Like Animal Crossing. They're both at their station. It'd be an invent-off between the two. No. Tails might be too soft, though. Like, he's always like... Just fun loving and doesn't want to hurt anybody, right? Like, but that's all. Yeah, but Slippy's kind of that way too. Oh, okay, they're both right. kind of the same personality. Yeah, they're both just like crying and like. I think they would shake hands other. at the end. There wouldn't be a yeah. death at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. There'd be a handshake at the end. And some people, uh, I got some notes of people said, "Well, where's this going? You know, we have all of these matches. We're getting bets and stuff like that. Are we are we moving towards something? You know, we'll see. 
We'll see, we'll see what this eventually builds up to. Um, it is my first segment, so we'll see how it goes. I was given a gift. I know that right after last the last week's podcast, it was announced that this morning uh, that uh, Microsoft would be showing gameplay for the Xbox Series X, and I was like, oh, that's what that feels like. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I got my own podcast segment. This is the only story we're going to talk about. We're going to fill 45 straight minutes talking about this. Uh, no, we, we do have a lot of games to talk about. Uh, it is time. Of, it will be time eventually to rank the significance. I do want to talk about, not, first of all, the stuff that was not new, stuff that we did know about. Dirt 5, we did not know about, but this is a franchise uh, that... Uh, we have heard from before. I actually want to throw to you, Blood. Do you, do we think this is going to be next gen exclusive, or will this most likely be cross platform? Oh, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be cross platform. Let me look up what they said in their press release today. Um, I feel like games like that often. Yeah, are. I think I think that'll be supporting all the good stuff. Um, well, <laughs> let's. See. Oh, yeah. No, this is the funny thing about this one is that like they kind of had a flub in their email. Hmm. Like it's yes, a next gen racer dirt five launching October twenty twenty on PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X, PC and, and then <laughs> on Stadia in twenty twenty one. But like nobody <laughs> said the PlayStation Five and <laughs> Xbox Series X are out in October. So it's oh. earlier than I expected, yeah. It always that's is that though. Doesn't oversight. somebody always Whoa. make that mistake? No, it's, it's, I didn't even That's literally just an oversight. Oh. They probably meant this No, the sense probably was meant to say all the existing systems and then on PS5, Xbox Series X at a later date. I don't yeah. think or that or we that, just got the skips. But it does say and the current generation. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a leak. We shall see. Because the, uh, the Thanksgiving tweet was the Microsoft that they did delete because they said that wasn't accurate. Because it was anymore. too late, baby. I think it was too soon. They were just <laughs> testing. That's what everybody's doing. Everybody's just testing. They say right, I'll, things I'll will that it they don't Huber. necessarily mean. It's a leak. It's a leak. They can no, just call I'm it sarcasm. It is an oversight. I believe. I'm, yeah, I'm I think it's one of those things where like, oh, this this subject line is too long. Take some words out and then it just yeah. screwed yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. October, current gen, November, next gen yeah, when they yeah, launch. Yeah. Probably right. Yeah. Any takeaways there, Blood? Anything from Scorn? I'm mean, sorry, anything from Dirt 5 that, uh, uh, that called out to you? I mean, I mean, nothing called out to you during the presentation because you didn't know it was Dirt 5. I'm just, right. just saying. I mean, it, I mean, no it, one else it, on the team would have known that it was Dirt 5. I need you to just kind of, I don't know where your head was at, man. I need you a little it's, more focused. There's it's a lot not of dirt a franchise that, that has like a sand. lot of like identifying markers, you know? Like, you, yeah, like if you go and you compare the graphics between like, some of the past Turk games and some of the wipes here, then like, yeah, you can kind of pick that up. But I feel like a lot of those Codemasters guys that have moved over to the Horizon team have sort of adopted a lot of those aesthetics too. So it's kind of, it's weird. A lot of that stuff goes back and forth with those, those UK devs. Um, but no, the thing that stands out that could be either good or bad or whatever is the, the focus on voice actors. Having oh, yeah. Nolan North and Troy Baker That's right, yeah. highlighted in that in that reveal. Sure. It's like we Not got something em. you like, expected at all for, for for something from dirt. It was so yeah. weird, but kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Totally. And of yeah. course we're, we're we're talking about next gen hardware, we're talking about the gameplay and really figuring out what this means for that franchise. All I can see is just some like PA going in being like, excuse me, uh, Mr. Baker, can, can, would it be all right if you recorded a video on your phone really quick because we're going to premiere that? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're not uh, <laughs> like pilot and co-pilot, right? Because Dirt is primarily rally driving. Is that who they're voicing? Like, um, I'm trying to see exactly. But I think it's probably campaign stuff. Got it. 
like your your buddy back in the tent. Like, nice win, no. buddy. We're gonna do the dirt. Who gives stuff. you your missions and stuff? Yeah. yeah, sure. Do they have stories? Those games? I've never played a dirt game. Uh, Not do, do exactly. But huh. here we go. Um, so together and in their unique style, the dynamic duo guide and mentor players through the career mode, mm. and feature in the in-game uh, podcast series. Oh, fun! Including voice talents of other celebrities from the worlds of racing and gaming. Nice. That's fun. very colorful That's for a game cool. called Dirt, by the way. The video, lots of bright colors. Yeah. Which they definitely wanted to focus on and talk about. The other thing uh, they highlighted was uh, bringing back uh, four-player split-screen couch co-op stuff. So sweet. Yep. Wait, was friendly. there in in the in the actual presentation? Was it longer? Because the thing I watched was like twenty-seven minutes, and it was almost entirely trailers, just that was back it. to back. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. This is Blood doing his co-moderating duties, <laughs> sniffing out those extra details. Okay, okay. Nice. A hefty congratulations to Ebb Software. And yes. scorn for their triumphant return to the Easy podcast. Yeah. Uh, a game we will not be reviewing because they long supported us in the early, early days hmm. uh, of Easy Alice as podcast. Full, oh, yeah. We're going to play yeah. the shit out of that. Uh, I will say, Eb, those tapestries are looking more somber than ever. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Dang. So and, somber. And uh, dare I say sexy? Sexual. Little, yeah. Those yes. HR Geegers were, were definitely yeah. ejaculating. Sexual overtones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sexual just, yeah, tones. Sexual doom souls. That's what I saw. But I there was felt... no subtext. It was just text. <laughs> <laughs> they were just sexting all over. <laughs> but I feel bad. You know, I feel bad for the rest of the world. So many people are just like, what's this scorn thing? They're just discovering it. Right. You know, and we've been, I, we, we, have, we have bathed in this game. <laughs> I worry. This one maybe exemplifies my worry of this presentation and I heard like one comment about this, uh, but the the guy who hosts Inside Xbox said like we've got nothing but gameplay, and then almost none of the trailers felt like gameplay. They all felt like in-game cutscenes, like in-game engine stuff. Sure, maybe, but like almost no gameplay. And I worried for Scorn that people were gonna scorn them for being like basically just like environmental shots. You know, yeah. it, at, right after, like almost right after the guy was like, gameplay only. Yeah. I was just like, uh oh. <laughs> Hopefully, people that didn't know the game existed just eat up the vibes. Yeah. Because the vibes were so spot on. And if, you know, everyone, I feel like everyone likes Alien and Aliens. And yeah, oh, yeah. The fact that it's For just sure. like giving those vibes. Like How long ago did we play that demo of, of Scorn, Huber? <sighs> two that was years like ago, two, two years, years at ago? least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, two years at least. Uh, I was uh, pleased by the amount of horror <laughs> in this presentation today. Mm -hmm. a, lot of a lot of spookiness oh, yeah. going on. They, uh, they are saying that it's uh, Xbox Series X exclusive at launch. Scorn okay. is? Wow. Yep. Whoa. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think the other, but oh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say. Uh, in terms of people reaction to things, I feel like there's this weird like divergence or dichotomy uh, where essentially people like the individual things that were shown, but don't like the entire presentation as a whole. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I yeah. feel like is how it usually is. That's right? it. Yeah. Also, Unless yeah, you've the, got a big bomb in there, like Cyberpunk or something, everyone's going to be like, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a good anchor. I, I, I think Assassin's yeah. Creed is going to take the brunt of all that. 
Yeah. Well, because there so was enough. Like, what gets Scorn's going to probably not feel any of that yeah. blowback, in my opinion. That they they put putting it at the end and calling it like exclusive gameplay reveal, and then it's like twelve seconds long was a misstep, I think. But yeah. we'll get yeah. to it. Uh, <laughs> and certainly, no one's going to have anything bad to say about Madden NFL Twenty One. Great showing from Madden NFL. Just a lot of, a lot of ton of gameplay there. I skipped <laughs> that part. That's six seconds. Shall we move on? Yeah, I just. Well, yeah, 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 I really yeah, like Madden. wrong though. I want to uh, they, they presented the uh, uh, smart. Uh, well, what's, what's it called again? Smart, smart delivery. delivery. Smart delivery. Uh, EA is not participating in that for any of their games. They're doing their own upgrade for system. Any of their games? That's what their thing said. So EA gonna EA. Okay. It's not just. It's not just Madden. Apparently, it's gonna be all their games. Wow. wow. How many They're of their all, games? Because they not list all the, they, Microsoft lists all their partners and EA for smart delivery, and EA is not on that list. Right. But we'll I get back, again we'll get back I, to EA too. Yeah, back to what I was saying though with the post show. Like I, I do wonder when you have licensed properties, like how flexible you are on that stuff because like you are licensing for particular SKUs, and yeah. they want a cut of like every copy sold. And if you have this nebulous, oh, it plays on both. I, I yeah, think that might the not legal be structure may not be caught up. I don't know. I'll be curious to see what licensed games manage to be on smart delivery. Maybe, but they've done, I mean, what I'm going to say they've done before with Battlefield 4. They've done the upgrade pass, the $10 pass. Like, go from P, like PS3 360 to PS4 or Xbox One. So, right. they have the system in place. So, I think they're just continuing that well, system in that, in again that where you have to pay could, a fee to upgrade. In that case, they could do a thing where, like, you know, if they had to pay four dollars of every total to the nfl or whatever they just keep doing that and take a lot a bigger loss or something i don't know that seems dumb let though. me go back to <laughs> dirt actually because did they say they're doing smart delivery microsoft's not afraid to take a loss true <laughs> to, to embolden their fan base and, and smart delivery some... is not in that dirt press release even though it's Good coming out on. on both next gen and current gen huh will scorn be on pc also i wonder I would imagine. Or is, yeah. just, Scorn, oh. right now they're saying it's launching on exclusively on Series X, and so they're not even talking about other platforms at the moment. Wow. But uh, I have a PC, Scorn! Yeah. <laughs> but as long as we're talking about launch, I want to jump ahead to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, said that it was going to be part launch of the launch. Launch title. Crazy. Yeah. Part, part of the launch slate, which yeah. I don't know if that's like code for launch window or if it, it just means day launch one. title. Okay, day so one. Okay. awesome. Just a franchise that has been primarily associated with PlayStation since the original and PS2, but lately uh, Games Pass and, and all the other Yakuza's have yeah. gone on to other platforms, PC and uh, Xbox, which is awesome. So this, they've, the last couple years have been so awesome for this franchise because they have worked so hard and passionately to get this franchise on as many current systems as possible. They've done the best job of any studio to get people caught up. Like every studio out there that pumps out sequels and franchises, like this is how you do it. Yakuza Studio, getting it done, letting everyone get ready for the newest entry. 10 out of 10. To put things on the flip side, though, Huber, anything about what you saw today that excited you strictly from a visual standpoint, other than, like, just the design of the game, but, like, knowing this was running on the Series X? Because I know Yakuza 6 
you know, a lot of people, all of you were really excited about because it was such a, a drastic visual improvement. Is this yeah. just kind of in line with that and judgment, or is this, did this feel new? Yeah, because I'm not seeing it natively, you know, and just seeing it on stream and, and like internet woes and everything, I can't get it at its best, you know? Yeah. Um, but visually, like the, I feel like those games always look good to me. So visuals to me isn't like a huge reason I play Yakuza. It's obviously really nice when they look amazing, um, especially Yakuza Six and Kiwami Two. But yeah, uh, the game's been out for so long in Japan, you know, Jones, that it's just like I don't really need to see any of that game. It's just nice knowing that it's actually going to be cross-gen and launching on Series X. It's just really cool. Sadly, that's kind of the way we feel about a lot of this stuff, you know, <laughs> like looking at the Dirt 5 scoring, Madden, it's like, oh, okay, it's good to know that, but I don't necessarily, like, that was not, my expectations just weren't set on that franchise, and that was one of the big thoughts I had going into this presentation, I was like, I bet we're going to see a lot of things that we've maybe already seen running on who knows what, you know, like a really good PC or whatever, and maybe it's not going to be the most exciting thing. Uh, all of the new IPs, I think, were the most exciting things to come out of this presentation, and we will get to them in a second. But, Ian, for right now, I have five words for you. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines yeah. 2. Yeah, yeah, baby! Yeah, Ian. Take us away, what an Ian. unsettling <laughs> beginning to that trailer. Gosh, like the, the like Joker like split face people. I was just like, man, this is grotesque. Yeah. Hannibal level, man. But um, it, and that's it, like you, right? <laughs> or a character, maybe like you have a friend. Possibly. Yeah, he's on the tell if that was, or, yeah. yeah, I think he might either he he either is like your sire or your player character, or maybe the bad guy. I don't know. But uh, it seems like a little depraved for your player character. But you always have the choice. Um, I just think they're all NPCs. I think these are all people yeah, you will meet yeah. and be either a part of a mission or getting missions from. Yeah, um, and like definitely you. Uh, <laughs> get missions from some people that you probably disagree with morally pretty frequently in the vampire series. But yeah, the this game looks is looking pretty cool to me. It the vibes are right. Like to me I can, I'm sort of like Huber Huber is to Yakuza as I am to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. It's like I care less about if it looks technically impressive. Yeah. But just that it has the right like vibes. <laughs> and it seems like their vibes are, are spot on and I just hope that it runs well and everything and comes out soon. I have no idea. I don't recall it saying a date or anything. Um, um yeah, in let me this. look at this again. I remember we got a ballpark from E3 I think it was twenty twenty. Maybe that they was... ballparked it yeah, a long yeah. time ago, but I, I, I remember I, thinking it was ambitious then. I mentioned this too, Ian. I actually was like strangely pleased with how kind of basic the character models looked. Because yeah. it, it it looked like they weren't jumping too hard or like trying to sell it in a visual style that it was not going to meet. Um, so yeah, this is something that if it's up res on, on next gen consoles, like I'll probably play it on those. Um, but uh, I don't necessarily need, I, I just need this. I need this game to interact well. I need it yeah, to, I need yeah, the world yeah. to be free. I need, uh, you know, um, I, I would actually be much more concerned about writing and voiceover than like yeah. how cool their faces are. And like, and yeah, interact interactivity is the is the word of the day. I think on a game like this, like you want to be able to make all kinds of crazy choices and like make a cool build with your vampire and like uh, have an impact in that world, solve problems in unique ways. Um, yeah, so that's the most important stuff. The writing and yeah, everything definitely more important than how it the models look. Plus, it's like I don't know. It's weird because it it feels like 
watching the trailer is like how my mind remembers Bloodlines 1 looking. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like, it, it just looks like more of Bloodlines, and I'm excited. And if the load times are less than 15 minutes, it'll be great. That's next gen, man. Load times are, <laughs> are, are the big thing that we should get excited about. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting excited about, about something, I wish, Huber, that we could just go on and on and on about how blown away we were today from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I was potentially about- anticipating that I, I was not going to be blown away, that it was going to be maybe just kind of like recycling some of the stuff before. I'm surprised I got, I have nothing. I got nothing to say. Like, I... Yeah. Even like reading stories online, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing really we knew we found out. And what do we what do we do now, Huber? What do I do with my emotions? Uh, patience, I think. Um, you know, it's 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 the worst, right? It's like I don't like. I I feel like if we're upset or or we didn't like the presentation, right? Inside Xbox, I feel bad about it. I feel like I'm entitled or something. For, like, your presentation was horrible. Like, show us the game. Show us more. But at the same time, with, like, the expectations and the way they framed everything, yeah. I think we were right to expect yeah, yeah. a little I need one more. of you to be entitled. Anybody. Damiani, yeah. <laughs> you, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, it was all the messaging. The, the, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what doomed this thing to the, the reception it's getting right now is that... Microsoft put the title of this and the title of the event and in the description saying like you're seeing like the game pre- like next gen gameplay reveal like this is next gen gameplay yeah and you got almost nothing with an in-game HUD shown few yeah. things that looked like they might have been gameplay but you kept teasing and throwing to Assassin's Creed yes they tweeted out early that it wasn't going to be what you were expecting but they still want Microsoft still want to have the messaging so. Between Ubisoft and Microsoft, like someone messed up with the messaging here, and right. it just led to this outcome. And I'm not surprised people are reacting this way at all. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, just I mean, so flat. It didn't you, tell us anything we didn't know. It didn't show us anything we didn't know. It didn't give me a clear idea of how this game plays, or or the scope of it, or or anything really. The more blood was shed in the c- cinematic trailer. Yeah, well, the cinematic and it, gameplay. And so it did. Hype. It did. Like the, I, I feel like there's got to be. We could like make a term for this in gameplay, uh, gameplay quote unquote reveal trailers, where, where the the trailer is framed in a way where at the end you're like, oh that's it, and then it cuts back to something in this case showing the crow on his shoulder or whatever, and you're like, okay here we go now mm-hmm. they're gonna jump in. Oh no that's actually it. Yeah. It's I like, thought they were gonna do that Ian. I thought they were gonna jump back in. Yeah. I was right. like okay here we go. Oh no it's actually <laughs> yeah. okay. It's like the that it's like that's it. Oh, yeah. oh, that is it. You know, it's like the double whammy of disappointment. Yeah. And that, I think, plays into you know, just like what Damiani was saying, where it's like the messaging beforehand and then just kind of like your your expectations, your mental headspace while you're watching this event uh, plays into the first of the brand new IPs that was introduced. Or not necessarily new IPs, but new games uh, that were introduced in this. But that brings us to... Wait, Jones, really quickly, oh, though. Yes. The, um, yeah, I did want to highlight the one... The one takeaway from Assassin's Creed, there's one takeaway shot, and that's the siege. The sieges, we do oh, okay. see a lot of yeah. uh, yes. things moving towards a castle. Like that mm-hmm. one frame mm-hmm. raised questions and piqued my interest, and I was like, "Oh, let me see a little more of that." But but now I'm kind of just left with, "Well, we knew these were in the game already, mm-hmm. so I yep. still know right. nothing really." But Good I was point. a pessimist. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you digging yeah. that up. That was a cool right. shot. 
cool shot, cool shot. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's the thing. Is it's like we know what the game aesthetically looks like, right? Because like the CG trailers never really give us that. The CG trailers always kind of feel like it's a, it's almost like a different level, a different brand, almost. You know, like, yeah, it's the blur <laughs> cinematic version of the game. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so we know what the game looks like now, but but like, they literally titled this the first look at gameplay trailer. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, it was basically like they showed screenshots. It's like a glimpse. Like. They could have just shown screenshots, and it would have been the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. How? What's the? It was like thirty seconds. Like, right? <laughs> it's like so it's brief. It's probably longer. Let me. Let it's me like, pull I think it it's a minute. minute two-ish, like minute thirty, but maybe like, ninety seconds. Minute. It's like a right. minute twenty. But with like, that's yeah. including like title screens and stuff. Yeah. It's just like one thirty. Yeah. Oh God! Yikes. So many cuts to black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we do have some new IP. We do yes. have some stuff that was announced today mm -hmm. uh, that either we did not know a new game was coming out of this team or potentially adding on to this franchise or just a brand spanking new shiny IP, which gives us an opportunity and my first chance to play Rank the Significance! Uh, kicking the whole thing off, and I think setting the absolute wrong tone for the rest of the presentation, Bright Memory Infinite from developer FYQD Personal Studio, one person putting all this together, uh, previously has been on Steam, but that was just what was called Episode 1, which launched on my 40th birthday, January 20th, 19, 2019, and now that person is is developing this into a full big game. And this was the only thing we saw in the presentation that was a big clip from start to finish, just one person playing something. And so that kind of, I think that kind of set your mind of like, here we go. Okay, this is what we can expect from each of these games. And then not only did that disappoint me every single video afterward that, no, they're not doing this, even with Scorn. Love you, Scorn. But, you know, yeah. kind of set expectations there. But I kept thinking, and I'm sure I imagine a lot of people were, that they're like, yes, but... Assassin's Creed will save us. The, the, yeah, the and they kept teasing it in the bottom, Jones. Right. Like, stay yeah. tuned for that we'll blowout. Get there. We'll get there. They're they need back to stop to that doing that, thing. by the way. Yeah. There's no way one dude developing this game is going to, you know, one-up Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. 1,000 employee Ubisoft on Valhalla, probably. <laughs> And there was lots of you know, lots of colorful lighting, lots of particle effects, lots of weather effects. Um, they, they put it at night, which is always kind of a challenge, like to have a lot of detail in environments and stuff. We had grappling hooks and swords, and guns and car. Um, did this jump out at anybody? Is anybody is this on, on anybody's list? It must not have, because I'm trying to remember which one this is right now. It's the it's one like that looks like it's in like a stormy uh, like Japanese temple, but then you get all this like grappling hooks and guns and like- Starts up, yeah. Yeah, like oh, right. Right. Like It looked really cool. Definitely on my radar now, 100%. I love first person shooters. I love first person shooters with mobility. Um, yeah, of course. Like I got a, a bullet storm vibe kind of with the whip thing, but then I also got Titanfall vibes with running on the walls. Mm -hmm. uh, looked looked really cool. The the gun uh, feedback looked really cool, like hitting people. Just looked like a sweet game. I'm, I'm blown away that that's made by one person. Yeah. What's interesting is I'm looking through my inbox and I'm like, oh, I've had emails about this since like November. Huh. And I just like it just has not caught me. It's like the this. one game I saw besides maybe Scorn that felt like it was actually a tech, sort of a tech showpiece for the hardware. Yeah. That I was seeing mm -hmm. something that felt believable for being next gen or something that I could believe is like high end PC. So that looked pretty good. You could really stare at it, scrutinize it. You had the time to do that. Mm. 
which nobody took its time. Yeah, you were right, Jones. It set the bar a little higher than it should have been, Mm -hmm. I think, for the rest of the presentation. I remember thinking the motion in it looked really smooth, which in a weird way. Hmm. I can't I don't know how else to describe it. But Hmm. uh, yeah, it seems I like the idea of moving between a big old like saw machine gun and a sword, though. That seems. Yeah. (laughs) Cool balance. But, Blood, you said this didn't jump out at you from getting emails. I certainly feel you there having to delete as many emails <laughs> as I do every single day. But, I mean, this is so, at the end of the day, this is probably better for Personal Studio than for Microsoft. This is probably a bigger deal for them than as I could get for Microsoft, which is interesting because they opened the presentation with it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just thought that was so fascinating. I'm really curious why, why specifically that was picked as the first thing. Um, and then we have Corvs. Chorvs. Chorus. I know. Corvus. Uh, from Deep Silver Fish Labs, space combat shooter, pilot, and shipper, both characters, which I think is fun, Knight Rider style. Um, so you got the AI, these these two, their voice actors cast as as, uh, as both, and did show a lot of gameplay, but again, just like lots of quick cuts. And I'm actually curious, Damiani, what you think, because you know you're a Star Fox fan, and the only other thing, Starlink, was the only other thing I could think of that kind of looks like this. This doesn't seem like a genre that we get a lot. Certainly not presented in presentations like this. Yeah, um, I was pleased to see a game of this style. Uh, When we were doing the reactions, you did make a good point that stuck with me after the fact, Jones. I think you made the point about the the presentation of parts of that seem to be in conflict with the objective in terms of like they were trying to do like some story beats, but they didn't really come off as like intriguing or holding your interest. Whereas like the the best parts were seeing like the space battle stuff, the the supposed gameplay, and getting more of that again, more like context, just contextualizing that a little bit better. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much understand what I'm getting, and like, I, this is a game I probably will want to try out whenever it comes, you know, whenever it releases. But in terms of like the, I mean, I'm always kind of sold on space stuff. Like, I mean, you already got my attention, so you've done like a lot of the work with that. But in terms of like the story, like I, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm like, I'm none. It's nothing to do with the narrative of that 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 presentation. It has anything to do with why I'm intrigued with this game. So, yeah. uh, I'm worried. I, like, I hope that they put a lot of effort into that, and that comes out in you know future marketing materials i hope it's good and i hope they do a better job focusing on that because i think they just should have stuck with the uh you know showing gameplay and not even like alluding to any of those narrative elements i like the idea of if they put it, it, like do we know who the ship is did they like uh, put someone's AI. consciousness in there and that's why she cares is i think it like... it's i think it's an ai they are in like a revenge mission okay. i guess i guess they got because uh... i think that's cool that the ship is a character Hmm. Um, that's a cool dynamic. Yeah. yeah so basically, potential Titanfall two vibes. The description here: uh, dual protagonist, ex cultist Nara, an ace pilot with a haunted past, and Forsaken, a sentient AI starfighter and Nara's closest ally, Sick. which has a mysterious backstory of his own to unravel. Uh, and then, yeah, then they go into talking about. Uh, they fight to free the galaxy from the circle, the oppressive cult that will stop at nothing to ensure complete subjugation. It's yeah. funny when it comes to video games, and I wonder, I'm sure someone has done studies of this, but like, I would, I would be curious to see data on if a new IP reveal gets more traction focusing on story or showing like what the game is. Because like, I would say always just show the game. Like, No one cares about your story. 
like in a new IP until you like win them over with like what is this first like yeah like yeah. how much you're, more you're important doing is it backwards, yeah. right Ian that's a good yeah. point so yeah, true Ian for sure. like, like, show once, the world once people are in then you hook yeah. them further with the story but you got to get them in first and I the think, story yeah, isn't at, usually the way yeah looking at both sides of the coin I think if I'm a story fan if I see a gameplay and then I'm intrigued, I will then seek out more details because yeah. of the story. If I'm a gameplay fan and I get a lot of story, I just don't care. I'm right. not going to like look right. that game up later because I think possibly based on what the character said, this gameplay does look intriguing. Like, well, um, and it's, but that's it. it's so easy to like get spoofed. Like I've gotten like, I've gotten hoodwinked by, by video game trailers time and time again, where like the, <laughs> gotcha. the story <laughs> makes it, like the version of the game in my mind based on the story and the things they're telling me looks cool. Like it would play well. And then you jump in and you're like, Oh, eh. like if I had seen this, I wouldn't have spent the money on, you know, like, hmm. or whatever. Something that did focus on story call of the sea from developer out of the blue first person adventure puzzle game in the 1930s in an Island in the South Pacific where you have a wife looking for her husband and in order to do so, she must she must turn into a fish person, and that will be, unless you're playing different characters. I don't know. Maybe she was a fish per person going there, but I, I don't know if this is necessarily something that really is going to showcase the power of the series X. It did look very pretty, but this is they they didn't really focus too much on story. Again, we just that's really all we were kind of were able to glean from it. But uh, to me, like, see if these aesthetic, I dug it. Yeah, I mean, if I like puzzle stuff, I was way in until I saw it was called call of the sea and then i was like uh oh there's probably like a bunch of underwater buildings and that freaks me out so I'm oh, like, sure. eh, eh. <laughs> face your fear yeah will puzzles help me overcome my fear oh, <laughs> think positively and that last shot the like have it you know you looked like you were maybe transforming into you know an aquatic animal of some kind maybe a yeah. fish maybe that's what it is is you're being called back to the sea and like yeah, it's getting natural away from... all natural and life stuff there will be no human structures yeah. in the water it's not what it natural, is natural all natural white yeah. <laughs> pistachio nuts does uh sissy jones ring a bell to anybody that name does sound familiar what is that so that's the actress uh she's won uh baftas and she's in uh, wait a minute wait Oh, oh, you just put you just put the F in there, but I did know she was in Firewatch, wasn't she? Oh, yep. Firewatch, yeah, okay. Life is Strange, and Walking Dead. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good pull, Jones. Yeah. Um, uh, the Ascent from developer Neon Giant. We Huber, so much good co-op news today. Four-player local online multiplayer action RPG. Yeah, this looks sick. Top-down, big guns. One of the things that stood out to me that I dug from their description, lots of environment destruction. Yeah. They said, if you recall the lo lobby scene from The Matrix, yeah. that's what we're going for. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and so, and for something co-op, that was one of my favorite things about the uh, Ultimate Alliance and the Legends games was just, like, before I left a room, like, there was nothing else you could destroy in that room. I would just <laughs> run around. Any ranged character, I would just... I immediately thought of that game, Helldivers, which came out a few years oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was just such a, such a cool game and, and there's not a lot of opportunities like that for four people to get in the same room and play a, play a top-down action RPG like that, dude. I'm so pumped. Game looks sweet. It's going to be I a admit, year before yeah. we're in the same room. Uh, I know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I admit I'm actually kind of on the fence, not necessarily about the game itself, but just the way that it was presented. Uh, Huber, you already talked about it. The medium from Bloober Team. Yes! Uh, which has done a bunch for. of stuff, but Layers of Fear. Uh, Perspective changes perception. 
is their main tagline for this. And as we already stated, Akira Yamaoka from Silent Hill fame is doing the score. But they were sneaky. Part of with the score. The, we stated the that before That's we recorded right. too. We uh, <laughs> we they were sneaky with the the trailer. They only we didn't get a lot of gameplay of this. They I think we had like True. three shots True. just to kind of show like there it is. You know yeah. we are we we did bring that to the table, but. Uh, and I, it probably would have been weird to show that before they introduced it via the story, but uh, that was a, that was a bit devious. But you're still into it, Hubert. I'm so it. into this game. I like Bloober Team. I like Layers of Fear. Observation is sick. Um, so and, no loading screens. Yeah, no loading screens. They just and the the interview too really sold me with him because he had such a clear vision. He was talking about the themes of all their games: Blair Witch, Layers of Fear, Observation. Like, this is a game where they're clearly saying something, and usually the best horror has something to say. So I'm very intrigued. I'm so hyped for this. This is, out of everything we saw in the press conference, this was my number one, uh, in spite of not seeing, despite not seeing uh, too much gameplay there, Jones. Yeah, I was I was proud of myself while I was watching it, because I was like, this sounds like Silent Hill. And then he was like, it's Akira Yamaoka. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I liked that he called it psychological horror, mm-hmm. not like survival horror or anything, but psychological horror. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Observer, not Observation. That's Observer. Did I say Observer, Observation? Yeah. Observer. Two different games. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Played Observer. Observer uh, Redux is coming out also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like a next gen version with more stuff. Uh, that's the Rutger it, Hauer one, yep, right? Yep. From Bloober. It's, and Silent Hill 2 hype, they, he said that in the interview that Silent Hill 2 is the best horror game ever made. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's not yeah. wrong. Not wrong. Was but that an interview afterwards or something? Yeah, yeah. they had a little, yeah. oh, okay. little something. Oh, that was Can't miss on the those. YouTube. No, just just, those the idea of like two reality or two, play, two realities or dimensions or whatever it is in this game with not only different vibes, but different music and just a different feeling. Like this, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I'm so like pumped this game. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlet Nexus from the developers of Tales of Vesperia. Yeah. Uh, you can lift, break, and throw the environment, which I do not recall if we saw a lot of that uh, from the trailer. Uh, they also called it a brain punk future. Brain I thought that was interesting. Brain, sure. brain punk. Brain punk. So it was like flowerhead oh, monsters or whatever. Flowerhead yeah. monsters, yeah. Oh, right. Yep, yep. Of, of all shapes and sizes. Damian, anything, anything in this stand out to you? Just that it's, uh, the t- it's nice to see the, the Vesperia team working on another project that's also that's not tales i mean it's got the anime anime aesthetic obviously but it definitely gave more of a character action type vibe um a lot of like real-time combat um just cool environments i'm always drawn to more fantasy colorful stuff and even if it's gonna look like i mean i I like a lot of anime so the, the the tokyo i'm assuming it's tokyo but the Japanese influenced shots of those uh, those cityscapes looked really cool to me. Uh, did not look next gen at all though. It looked like something that would run on an Xbox One or PS4. Um, it looked the identical rate, to Astral Chain. The the the, the frame rate uh, was mostly today. And I don't know if it was our feed or we when we were watching YouTube VOD. There was one part that stuttered a bit, but otherwise I'm assuming it's just going to be running at a very nice frame rate, which does wonders for these types of games, uh, especially character action. But also these games that go through the anime aesthetic. This looks really good. So I mean, I was digging the vibes. It's de- it's definitely crazy over the top. 
Uh, and the fact that it's not just like a typical tale style RPG and they're doing trying to do something different because they had Code Vein before, and it was the same team, but Bandai Namco has tried to branch out, you know, with these nice anime looking visual games. And this is something that I think, I hope does well because they can't just rely on like tales and some of the other games like that. Right. Uh, one of the last pre-summer Xbox fests we got from last year uh, really focused on um, Fantasy Star Online 2. Is this something? Is this like a trend that we will see continue from Microsoft to like w try to get a game, you know, a, a very prominent anime-looking Japanese game on in their lineup to just kind of like diversify the offerings and get people that aren't look, you know, do not well, play Madden, aren't looking forward to Scorn. I mean, Microsoft. So there's the. Microsoft, especially Xbox, has a long history with with anime and anime games. Though um, mm. they they've done a lot with like Dragon Ball games. Like their market, they do a lot of heavy marketing for like all the Dragon Ball games to come out this past gen and the gen before it. Um, Bandai Namco and them have a I know have a really good working relationship. So it's like a very high priority to get Bandai Namco's games on Xbox platforms. I mean, they want to be on every platform, but like mark uh, from a marketing standpoint, Microsoft loves from what I've seen behind the scenes they do love to work with them and they love promoting that stuff so this being another bandai namco game it just made sense that they would promote this i would be more interested to see them going after games from other publishers who might not especially this past gen maybe weren't as prominently featured in either on xbox systems or stuff like that so this was a little bit more expected if you were to ask me what is the one japanese studio that will show a game on an xbox event i'd be bandai namco absolutely and it'll probably be an anime. It'll be probably a Dragon Ball or Naruto or some some anime or One Piece game. Right. Because Vesperia launched that, yeah. on 360, right? So they clearly are. So it was yeah. So that team. if you're talking, if you're referencing the yeah, Microsoft went after a bunch of Japanese studios back in the 360 era. Uh, they scooped up like Lost Odyssey, uh, Blue, Dragon, Blue Dragon, Tales of Vesperia, and they were all timed exclusives. The uh, uh, some of them were like uh, Tales of Vesperia eventually came to PS3 in Japan, and then obviously we got the HD remastered version that came on all platforms pretty much. So. It didn't it did show like a bump in sales in Japan, but it ultimately didn't have any long term success. I mean, we also saw like thirteen went multi platform mm -hmm. after being like a Sony PlayStation exclusive for so long. But I think that was an experiment that ultimately didn't pan out because a lot of those titles ultimately didn't provide the sales boost that they needed. Especially like Final Fantasy thirteen. I think that got like outsold like what four to one or something on like PlayStation and Xbox. It was really bad for the uh, Xbox three sixty version. And finally, Second Extinction from developer Systemic Reaction mm. Co-op Shooter versus, quote, evil mutant dinosaurs. <laughs> They're <laughs> evil. Oh, okay. They're evil. Very specifically evil. Did not know they were evil. Yeah, they're just evil. Just like, is that just the natural state of dinosaurs just trying to eat, do no, their thing? No, no, okay. Yeah. Okay. no. no are, they hunt for dinosaurs. fun. They hunt for fun. They're just hunting for fun. They hunt for sport. Yeah. This game looks cool. I can't wait to play with Don. <laughs> That's it's a it. very vermintide kind of game. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And of course... You take uh, that back. You're right. <laughs> How dare you. Intense uh, three-player co-op. Three-player. Nothing player. is like vermintide. Three-player, interesting. Three-player. Right. Sorry, everyone. Me, Ian, and Don. Hey Sorry. I'm in. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure... Yeah, any... They any like dinos. <laughs> right. Now you can convince uh, Ben replace weekly hunts with this. Oh, <laughs> here's a little wrinkle. I don't know if they have any more info on this yet. 
Take part in a joint effort. Your actions together with the rest of the community will shape the course of the war against the dinosaurs. Whoa! Oh, the war Dino Riders, the game here. It's they like, did say, uh, yeah, they want to make they want to make a dynamics. So they're gonna have a war effort mode. Is that okay. like planet, more, planet more side, planetscape, okay. like um, planetside two or whatever? Yeah, would it be like planetside or more like uh, For Honor did, like seasons, and then whoever would win the mm. entire season would just get some bonuses. It'll be interesting to see. Like, it, does does it impact the actual map and the games, right. or like is it just some? Yeah, is it just yeah. some cosmetics? Close beta on dude. Steam this summer. Cool. All right, it's almost we go. summer One, right now. Two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Time to rank the significance. Um, uh, I'd, let's just just let me know if these are on the top or on the bottom. Well, I mean, we can maybe say medium. Huber, are you? That's my number about, one, man. I, anything beat medium out. Huber's just super excited about it. I don't. The thing is, I don't know if it how significant it is. It just got me really excited. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, significant to me personally, like, of the ones on here that I want to play the most, it would be probably Medium and Scorn, I guess. And the, Sco the these are these are just the new IPs. Chorus so just, one? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, 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 the, just the new space IP. combat shooter. Yeah, Chorus looked kind of. I think that was a weird trailer, like, like we were saying before. Like, mm -hmm. it focused on story to the extent that I didn't even know if it was just straight up a space combat game or if it was just had space combat parts and the rest were like walking around and talking i don't know um but yeah medium Huber, i think for me who is specifically going to be on the second extinction stream is that meaning it's uh number two number three is it high up there it's like middle middle okay it's like three yeah three four three okay yeah uh anything in that second slot Any, anybody feeling anything hmm Call of the Sea, Chorus, Bright Memory Infinite. What about Bright Memory Infinite? Do we? It sucks because it was they did. They, I, I think they brought what everyone should have to this presentation. Right. But then I don't know how high potentially yeah. at the bottom of the list. I, think I also think either that or maybe Call of the Sea. It looked. I think uh, Bright Memory it, it probably won't come out for a very long time. Oh, there's that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know because they're talking about this as if these games are like as a group coming. For the holiday season, people I'm love curious. to think that, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what they'd like you to think. They love you um, to think that. Uh, is something like the Ascent more interesting than Call of the Sea? Something four-player local online multiplayer, we're blowing stuff up versus turning personally into a more person? interested in Call of the Sea. But you're Same. talking about significance. Yeah. Okay, I just I don't. Uh, there's here's the thing. I well. I think interest really has got to play in here because you're probably not a lot of developers we're familiar with. Obviously, we're familiar with Bloober Team, right. but uh, if we're ranking significance in terms of like global impact, they're all seven. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, these are. I, it's tough because these are all. I think this list could could shake out. Like Let's the medium is six. Here a little bit. I feel like Bandai Namco <laughs> is probably number one, even because I feel like that is significant. That is a big mm. get, an exclusive. Oh, Scarlet Nexus. They can yeah. go either way. Uh, what about Damiani? What do you think? I feel like that's yeah, number two. I, think it's, I mean, I, I put Sir Nexus in the middle. I don't oh, think it's oh. in the lower part, but it's like probably in the middle. I mean, it probably has Code Vein had a lot of buzz and some potential. I mean, it, it's prolonged in development slash delays, I think, hurt it. So 
I, th I think this game's an easier concept to digest. It came across much more easily in the trailer. Um, I think throwing the Tales of Vesperia team's name out there is going to, especially after the reception the remaster got, Definitive Edition got uh, when it came out uh, recently, I think that's going to help it a bit. So I think it pushes it to like definitely like a middle contender at the very least. Are we more excited for the Ascent or Corvus? Chorus. Why do you keep Chorus. doing the V? Because they fun. did the. I like messing he's with doing them. it on purpose. Like churches, yeah. like what? Well, it's it's a, it's just a font choice. They spell it with a U in the. Well, it's the text. it's the Roman it's a, way. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a V. But the Latin alphabet. You show me a V, I'm saying V. Um, but yeah, uh, Blood said chorus. Are we? Yeah. Ascent looks like fun, but it might, you know, it might maybe. Yeah. We were, yeah. We were talking about characters from Chorus, that's for sure. I really, you know, with the, the story plus the gameplay, like it gives me Ace Combat vibes. And so I hope it continues along those lines. All right, I got a rough list here. Medium up on top, Call of the Sea, potentially number two, uh, or Second Extinction. Scarlet Nexus, closer to the middle there, uh, according to Damiani. Then Chorus, then The Ascent, and Bright Memory Infinite at the bottom. How do we feel about that? Seems good, yeah. man. You could flip sec second extinction and chorus, maybe, but like, eh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I did see a lot of people freaking out about second extinction, just oh, because I think right. that's like a really like a predator hunting ground. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a crowd yeah. I think it's, it's a crowd number two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it up there. Keep think, it up there. Okay. I'm not. There we go. Uh, before we finalize it, we'll, we'll, um, can someone just give me an argument for uh, Call of the Sea over Scarlet Nexus? I'm not. I mean, I Ian can go either way. Blood felt good about it. I'm just I mean, curious, I don't like, in terms of, of impact, just... yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as, like, greater significance to other people, yeah, I don't know. You wanted Scarlet Nexus to be in the middle. Are you upset that Call of the Sea... Well, I mean, I would put Call of the Sea, like, I, like, they're, like, they're, that's why I'm not mad if whichever, if they're coming back to yeah. back, they're the same to me, pretty much, like, I just think people the Bandai Namco, that, uh... Bandai Namco edge helped Scarlet Nexus. It has nothing to do with the, the game's look or anything, it's just who's publishing it don't, don't it. forget about uh, the shape of water that thing won an oscar yep it's true people love that fish fish love this fish is a love. really interesting uh when you find your husband too, will though. he be a fish if he's not will you make love to him as a fish these are <laughs> will you be disappointed if he's not a fish right <laughs> <laughs> i will be uh, but yeah this yeah i actually like i clicked on the link from xbox and there's like a whole little blog from them but there's only 12 guys. They're in Madrid. Uh, so it looks like it's a mix of people from, um, like, Tequila Works and... Uh, oh, really? The uh, Interesting. Castlevania guys. Uh, Mercury Steam. Mercury Steam. Yeah, yeah so they, they okay. worked on uh, Samus Returns, Deadlight, Guilt, Celeste, somehow. Guacamelee Probably 2 and members. Space Lords. Guacamelee! Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, Guacamelee, I know. That's Call of the Sea? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. And that was the Xbox Series X gameplay reveal. And now, a word from our sponsor. I take no pleasure in preparing food, which is why I love using Postmates. I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. 
They also have Postmates Pickup, which you can use to order takeout from your favorite local restaurants. If you can, you should be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. Ordering local is a great way to help your community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They can actually make your life easier by picking up everything you need from Walgreens or 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside your door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. Postmates was kind enough to deliver uh, some some free credits to me, which we gobbled up right away. And uh, it's nice to get uh, all of these different. Uh, um, we we the, the last time they sponsored this podcast, we talked about clothes you could potentially get from Postmates. Lots of creative items you can get from there. But of course, Amanda and I got a uh, got some pizza and very much enjoyed it. Um, but uh, uh, I'm assuming all of you are are doing the takeout route as well, from Postmates or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um... My wife usually handles the, the takeout orders, so I'm not sure exactly what which service she uses. I think Grubhub mostly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd... Wrong answer, blood. Wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong you answer. Gotta me, you gotta give me I've used Postmates before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I go like pick up. Yeah, I go pick up all my stuff, but yeah, like any of this stuff is good because it's supporting like local businesses who right. like really need it right now. So the, I've kind of made it a point to like do this. You know, go the, out. The good thing them. about yeah. The good thing about Postmates. That I found was like restaurants that I that weren't on Grubhub and stuff. You could get nice. the Postmates, like Burger Lounge or whatever. Like if it's not on there, then don't deliver. Postmates will go do it for you. Another good thing about Postmates for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners one hundred dollars of free delivery credit for their first seven days. To start nice. free deliveries, download the app and use code EASYALLIES. That's code EASYALLIES for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Get $100, get $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app and use code EASYALLIES. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. All right. I am presented with my first Nintendo financial report, and I, what am I looking at? I don't know. I got a bunch of notes for you, Joe. Yeah, it's tough to parse the information. It's tough to really so, know what they're talking about, yeah. how much time this spans, and sure. what the big takeaways are. I can so, contextualize this The story. host of Friend Code, take over this podcast. For sure. <laughs> so uh, Nintendo put out their uh, fiscal year 2020 financial briefing, um, and... As some people probably guessed, uh, their numbers, despite everything going on, are very, very good. Uh, starting with total Switch sales for, for the fiscal year 2020, uh, tw just over 21 million Switches were moved in the fiscal year. Uh, about roughly 15 million on normal Switches and about 6 million Switch lights was the breakdown. And for put that into perspective, Nintendo set a target for this fiscal year of 18 million so they beat it by 3 million if you remember the previous one they like went a little too ambitious and had to scale it back this time they overshot or they they did they beat it which is really good um and they also said the lifetime switch sales are now at 55 uh 0.77 million out uh sold so just in three years it's already over the 50 million mark so they are the system itself is doing really good um, it's unbelievably doing very well. It's approaching some good milestones. Um, it, it's gonna pass the NES's life. NES is next on the ladder of beating all the nice. systems. Uh, already passed Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube, and Wii U. Um, and for those keeping score after NES, it's uh, GBA, 
Uh, and then the big boys, the 100 DS, million plus yeah. club of yeah. the Wii Game Boy DS. That might be a while. Um, so yeah, hardware doing really well. Hardware doing really well, but the software uh, doing even better. And I want to start with Animal Crossing because I know yeah. a lot of you yeah. have been playing and love Animal Crossing. Uh, you're going to like this statistic. Animal Crossing New Horizons sold 11 million copies in its first 11 days, averaging 1 million copies a day. And it is now the seventh best-selling Switch game of all time already. And the total sales so far compared to old Animal Crossings is hilarious. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like it's already outsold like almost two lifetime. mil or something. Was the not like you literally add up all the other Animal Crossings and it's still just dwarf, you know. It's out this well, lifetime. Quite, maybe of the, the last, last two. two. I think it was the last two. It's only it's, it it's in, on an individual level. It's outsold every pre. Uh, it's, it has better individual sales, but you right. can't combine any just yet. Like no, uh, yeah, new uh, New Leaf and uh, the, what was the DS one? Holy crap! Wild World. Wild World. Uh, yeah. Those are pretty high, but if you combine them together, but New Horizons better than both of them individually. I, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone. This this thing has just been like in social media and dominating headlines with people doing all sorts of crazy things with this. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, the, that mock-up quality of life video. There already is like oh my God, over yeah. half, a mil, uh, uh, half a million views. Uh, I wonder if that'll get Nintendo's attention, but this is what, this is what people are talking about. It, it's the perfect game for this environment right now. I yeah. tried to make it all the way through that video, Damiani. It was too painful because <laughs> there's none of this happening. Yep. You know, so. <laughs> some of the and stuff that I thought they might do. So good though. <laughs> but I know, but it's like some of the stuff. Some of the <sighs> stuff I was thinking, like, yeah, yeah, I thought about this. Yeah, of course, do that. And then they were th adding other stuff like ZR to just drop items out of your inventory, and it's like yeah. oh, I didn't even think about. Uh, yeah. Don't tell me that because <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna be going to the menu to drop items like a sucker. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody why uh, this is an important game to a lot of people right now. But yeah. it's, as I said before, even before it launched, before it like kind of got swept up in the zeitgeist, it was just surprising to me because it was one of those things that I thought was kind of a weird personal obsession just for myself. Like this, when we talked about 2020, I said this was my most anticipated game. And so to have that turn out to be one of the best sellers of the year so far, certainly something that is like helping really move the needle for the console that it's exclusive to. It's, it's like some the world the, the greatest timing of a video game release in world history. <laughs> that like, delay. But yeah, <laughs> that delay, the delay like, that's, was, that yeah. was heard around the world. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. Just Everyone like captive yeah. audience. Yeah, that's just, simulating uh, the life you can't have right now, you know, like uh Well, yeah, yeah too good. actually being able to get together with friends and and talk yeah. and do stuff yeah. and you know, like you know, I had I've had those moments a couple of times now where people that I haven't talked to in 10 years and sometimes longer, you know, like somehow, you know, once upon a time, they added me to a friends list on the, the DS or the Wii or whatever, and they've still been on my friends list. And then they just pop into Animal Crossing one day and I've got got my gate open. I'm like, hey, how's it, do how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, my daughter's here. We're trying to catch Nemo. And like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the social element in this game, I think that's, I mean, obvious, it's the obvious answer for this. I mean, Jones, just your, like, island hopping streams and stuff, yeah. how people love that. I know you've seen it, I know you want to be on it badly. The, the Gary Witta animal talking thing, that, oh that presentation God. was yeah. just like, holy crap. Like, th th it's a phenomenon. Like, Shout out to Gabe and Tycho from uh, Penny Arcade who said, you know, because we hosted them and Gary was like, easy allies, this is this thing and, and all the panels. I, Justine and Joey from Kind of Funny, they're all like, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, you went back and listened to it? Yeah, I did. All of them? (laughs) And and, uh, Gabe and Tycho from Panaricade were first to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like them. And I was like, all right. Nice. (laughs) Have not spoken to either of those gentlemen since we started in Ziala. So, uh, good to know we're getting the word out. But I've been to 50 different islands. I probably haven't talked to them since before GT days. I've been to 50 different islands on that island hop, Damiani, and I get surprised every time. I see some outfit I've never seen before or something, you know, something someone is able to design or how creatively, you know, they used certain objects and... um, and it's fun and it's just uh... I, I had a rude awakening this morning because I was all excited I had finally I was going to place my final ramp I was going to have everything oh. optimized for all the paths that I did and then this morning I discovered that you can only have eight inclines total and I need nine I need a ninth one and everything would have been perfect nine. Is it eight Damn bridges it. and eight inclines or eight, eight of bri- both? apparently eight, br- eight bridges and eight inclines total okay, each, good. each. Ian wants to send in the update make a I'm video good. Ian 500,000 views oh, yeah. Yeah. there you go yeah Ian the, the quality of life update nine two nine times nine oh gosh inclines. nine times what is uh, that Animal Crossing Ferris oh. Bueller Ferris Bueller oh. yeah but yeah I, for me though it's like it's not surprising that it did well but when you see that scale yeah. When yeah. you see that it's already outsold the 3DS game, which was gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> was like, that was the that was the thing I saw was like it was like first six weeks was in red and it was like thirteen million for this one. And then like the red for the previous two was like way down at like two or three million, which is still great. But then they topped out at like ten or eleven, you know. So it's like in the first six weeks it's already done better than the last two did in their lifetime. It was so cool. I think Quarantine, you're gonna baby. see yeah, you're going to see this trend as we go through a few more of these. This trend continues for Nintendo. Like, things have been going really well with them. Might might offer you some insight into why they're not in a rush to, not in a rush to maybe announce new things because existing things are selling so well. And Pokemon Sword and Shield, which does have upcoming DLC uh, scheduled to come out in June, uh, barring any delays from, you know, the current situation. Uh, it's sitting, Sword and Shield combined, sitting at 17.37 million. Its lifetime to date is now higher than any individual 3DS Pokemon entry, and it is on pace to be the second best-selling entry in the series period, only behind Red and Blue. No, Red, wow. Green, and Blue, like, which is, that has 31 million. It's going to, probably by the end of this year, it will beat the number two, which is Gold and Silver. So this game that had all these... Back and forth over yeah, what are you, which side you were you on, how like what that really mattered in the end in terms of sales. This thing is just a juggernaut. It, it just that, can't that's be something, stopped. That's something I find that I forget about in in the video gaming sphere is like there are the video game enthusiast press sites like us, and then like in, enthusiast fandoms that are vocal and you hear about. And then there's just everybody else who just buys and plays the damn thing and doesn't talk about it and just loves it. And yeah. like that latter group is the biggest <laughs> right. sometimes. That's, that's oh, why yeah. influencers get paid a lot of money because they appeal to that group and not right. the vocal enthusiast, right. the minority, like hardcore fans usually. So, um, you know, that that's good because it, I mean, hopefully it's a good thing in terms of that. You're gonna, like the DLC might improve upon things. And also the more money they make, it just gives you more optimism that like maybe they'll you know put that back into development of future ones and you know 
Who knows Tell what the future it. might hold for it? <laughs> if it ain't they're broke, gonna, they ain't they ain't gonna fix it. They're not gonna right. change anything if it's printing money. I think there's uh, they're my gonna keep it always as been, same well, as they always have. Well, people like to call it like a dinosaur in terms of it just doesn't evolve. Yeah. I still think there are small things that subtly evolve with that game. I'm not using the involvement chief or whatever. It, it it just improves a bit and a bit each generation. It's slow, but it's still ticking upward in my opinion. I think it's just not fast enough for some people's taste, and obviously there's. You you know people who get upset about certain things and you know that's their prerogative and stuff i'm not judging you on that but at the same time i still think the game at the end of the day wasn't that bad it was pretty enjoyable despite well, a bunch of its flaws that's something that like i think you'll see when you're like when you're the series that innovated a thing or like made it huge with a style or a or a technology or a filming technique or in any kind of medium or technology or whatever if you're the one who originated it and then everyone else starts copying it like the copies can sometimes outpace the original because they're innovating in different ways because they have to not get sued or whatever or various other reasons so like yeah pokemon has been imitated so often that the original can sometimes feel outdated because you know it's like going back to watch citizen kane you know and you're like because everything learned filmmaking from it in a certain way you know but yeah i don't know we got a we got a tie actually um i'm going every single game but there was a tie for the third best-selling lifetime to date switch games uh super mario odyssey and breath of the wild are tied at 17.41 million feels um, right Mar dude feels mario right. games of usually sell Those very well too, mario yeah. games wow. usually sell very well sell yeah. the bigger numbers but i mean this has just been the story for the last three years breath of the wild it's just if you doubt it it's it's how big of a success story this is it's like the best entry in the series now by like almost over 10 million it's like none of the others are like we're talking over your time twilight princess these juggernauts that like people are like i saw the trailers like the biggest thing like key moments in video game history like people said would never come again breath of all just like proved yeah something came that was even bigger than both of these combined so it's just like that is the most eye-opening thing i can say about these the, the numbers of this game just keep going up and up and it's just like wow i still can't believe this happened sometimes got... if you make a really really good thing the consumers reward you for that yeah, which is I have nice. a question for you, Damiani. Sure. Uh, you know, you got Mario Kart Eight, which is still number one of, of everything, yes. right? Yes. Oh and yeah. Not, and not a just like no updates. But to like, that. you know, it's, it's on, on the Switch, like they're not necessarily adding stuff to it. Super Mario Odyssey, no updates. Um, but then you have, like you were saying, Pokemon Sword and Shield creeping up the charts. We got, we still have two DLCs that are coming out this year. Yeah, the Island Armor, our Island of Sh Island of Shield, right. whatever they're called, I forget. I'm sorry. Yeah. The first one due in June, so I mean, you you can expect yeah, sales bump from that. But I want, I mean, Pokemon is strong, a strong contender. I don't think anything's going to catch Mario Kart though. No, I, I don't so. think it will. I just just it's there's specifically no update thing with even just the numbers that it got and then looking at the, the future that's directly ahead for Pokemon and something even something like Animal Crossing which we had a fun little May yes. update on May 1st just these little tiny things that will remind people to come back yes. I think will because I, I, I think this you know this diet guide's going to crash I think people are going to get tired a lot of the people that are just like super high on a, a Animal Crossing now are potentially not going to be playing it around the end of the summer where I think also compared to previous Animal Crossings I think they're really going to give it a, a run for its money with having holidays really be a big deal having these 
updates coming to the game that now people are talking about. And every time that happens, somebody says, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to finally jump in because I didn't expect my friend to still be playing this game, but they still are. So I well, want to jump the, in and enjoy it. A super nice thing with this Animal Crossing is like they can they can patch that stuff in. Like it's not yeah. already programmed into it. They can add stuff that people can't time travel and see early, you know? So the next Super Mario game, do you think we're going to get a, a, um, an update schedule to that that we didn't get in Odyssey? Or do you think that's just different per for each franchise? I mean, I don't think... I mean, I think Odyssey's updates are done. I mean, I, but yeah. if you're talking about like the, the next 3D Mario game, if it's going to get more post-launch support, is that your yes. question? Right. I, honest, I think what they've seen what's happened here, I think the answer should be yes. I think okay. the next 3D Mario and also I think the next Splatoon entry... Um, Splatoon 2 got good support as well, but Very I think support, they yeah. might want to put in something that's more on par with a Smash Ultimate approach, mm -hmm. like maybe adding new, making a big deal out of updates, like a new character edition or something like that. I think they can lean more heavily into that with something like with the next Splatoon. But 3D Mario game, absolutely, I think they need to be a little bit more aggressive with their post-launch plans, and it will pay something off, I think. They're sort of like British TV in a way with this, with their a lot of their franchises where like. They will say, like, this is the final update for Mario Maker 2. Like, this is the final update for Splatoon. Like, whatever. And to me, it's kind of bold that they do that. I sort of respect it, even if it isn't, like, maybe the best business choice. or I don't know. Maybe it is. But, like, it's kind of an interesting thing that you don't see in a lot of games. Like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of companies are more like American TV where it's like, we want to keep this going forever. Milk it for every, every dime, right. you know? So it's kind of an interesting, different kind of corporate mentality. Well and particularly because you know as we we're talking about nintendo sales and mario kart and, yeah. and breath of the wild like they don't stop selling they don't need yeah. to keep adding somehow stuff, yeah. still people <laughs> pushing these things up to the top of the charts like gta 5 well, my, and it's just, which is why i could see it both ways my uh, yeah, my yeah. friend today actually bodorth my friend today texted me he said quote why can't i buy a switch I need to buy one. Where can I get one? <laughs> and here we are years later, and as soon as he gets a Switch, what is he going to do? He's going to buy Mario Kart. He's going to buy Kart. Mario. So, yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Mario Kart's a juggernaut, I would say, the number one game. I mean, I, only, Mario, only Mario Kart and Wii sold more than it. Um, we don't need, I had a bunch of stats for it we don't need to go over, but I mean, it could end up being the best-selling non-pack-in Nintendo first-party game of all time, because... We uh, we sports, sports is like the juggernaut yeah. with like eighty seven something. What is it? Yeah, it's got like mm -hmm. it's yeah, oh, ungodly amount of freaking sales, and it's never gonna approach that. But that was a pack in in a lot of territories like North right. America. But Get that's a juggernaut. Pack -in. Uh, Smash Ultimate. I feel like you it know, shouldn't count if it's a pack in. They shouldn't. Count I, yeah, as like I mean, you can deduct yeah, we some. But we sports still sold well as an individual game in other territories. I mean, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate also doing well. I mean, number one selling Smash entry entry surpassed Brawl a while ago. But uh, there's some other top sellers, so like more recent games. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2, I'm really happy with how well it did. 5.48 million worldwide. Ooh. That's a very good number for that game. I uh, love Link's that game. Yeah, I think it, it got the sales it deserved, I think, <laughs> in the end. I was actually shocked that they were that high. That I think that's pretty good. I it's hope a quite that was perfect little game, you know? It's just, uh, yeah, uh. and I, I'm, I fully expect another Maker entry sooner than later. 
for sure. Really? After this, I don't know. I not, don't know. Not, not only maybe not Mario Maker, but another Maker oh, type oh, game. That's what oh. I meant. Yeah, yeah. There's not to be Mario Maker, but another Damiani? Maker entry. Damiani loves those Nintendo teases. Mm -hmm. Still waiting added, for Breath of the Wild 2 this year, Damiani. They still added Zelda. Zelda. Mario, <laughs> but they added Zelda into this one. There's also 3D. I mean, if you go oh, Mario, Metroid. there's 3D Mario. There's Metroid. Yeah, there, we, yeah there's but plenty Super of stuff. Super Metroid Maker, uh, I would save, lose my marbles. Save that for maybe the next friend code okay, when we're talking about Mario Mc2. Link's Awakening for Switch. Link's Awakening for Switch. 4.38 million worldwide. That's 500,000 more than the original Link's Awakening on Game Boy. Mm. So it outsold nice. that. It doesn't outsold LA, uh, the original DX combined, but it might at some point. Astral Chain's a million seller. Uh, still hey. uh, did well. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, 1.26 million. I mean, it's a Pokemon name. I'm still surprised yeah. they even sold that much. This next number, I thought I was disappointed with, but then I had to put into context. Fire Emblem Three Houses sold 2.87 million worldwide. For all the brouhaha last year about how popular it was and how well its sales was, that seems a little low in the grand scheme of Switch things, but it's about to become the best-selling Fire Emblem entry in the series period, about to surpass Fate. So I guess that is a big deal, you know, for that yeah. for that series. I um, mean, like you can't you can't underestimate just the power of the switch man like i yeah. i played that game one and a half times you know like and i hadn't played a fire emblem game since like maybe the old days i don't know i can't remember i think it sets it up perfectly for whatever the next fire emblem is to be even a bigger deal yeah, uh, yeah i yeah, think yeah. they have a big huge opportunity yeah. the next one jones you might like this the last one i'm going to talk about marvel ultimate alliance 3 yeah. is a million seller 1.08 yeah. million I, uh, I don't think it's enough for a four. I don't see four <laughs> happening, but especially because it's just like that was the time to make uh, a Marvel game. Doesn't matter what mm -hmm. it was, focusing on one particular property or something, and especially like just right after, because that was before Endgame, wasn't that like right after Infinity War, or was that? Yeah, that came out July. That was just right in that gap. And right? May, April, was April, summer, April's so, a, yeah. a Endgame, yeah. and July was yeah, yeah. was Marvel so. Ultimate Story. Ah, <sighs> that was a good time. Yeah, Nintendo <laughs> doing really Nintendo. well. Thank yeah. you, Nintendo. Yeah, way way to go, Nintendo. Also this week, uh, EA Play going forward on June 11th. Yeah. Uh, don't know if that's a part of Summer Game Fest. Don't know if that's a part of what IGN's doing. <laughs> probably EA's not. just got an EA. Yeah, oh, EA's probably be like, thing. we're doing our own thing. Um, rumors of uh, Mass Effect remaster popping up and. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they specifically have stuff to show, whether whether they're just like, hey, we're EA, we're going to have EA play. But obviously see, it's going to yeah. be a digital event. Uh, EA is listed as part of Summer Game Fest, so I'm, oh. I'm guessing that the EA play is probably included mm. in there. Mm. Jeff uh, could final... get them if the ESA couldn't, you know? Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is in the yeah. current stages of planning. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yep. yeah, that's, that's interesting. So the... Uh, there's a book called Final Fantasy VII Ultimania that came out in Japan. It's currently only in Japanese, but there are a ton yeah. of fans that are translating mm -hmm. it. So yeah, the, the source, yeah, the source that uh, Jones uh, just referenced, uh, Twitter username I I Taiki I Tai Komochi, sorry, uh, was the one who translated the excerpt from this interview. Uh, it was with. Uh, Toriyama, one of the co-directors, Hamaguchi, one of the other co-directors, and Endo, who's the battle director, and the trio are talking about the uh, plans for the next installment's world. Um, and in response to that, Hamaguchi stated that we are in the current stages of planning, so nothing solid, nothing is solid yet. Um, people like to point out this interview, all the interviews in this book were conducted on uh, around March 19th, 2020, around, that's about, about like, you know, almost a month and a half ago. Um, 
the thing is, this this is wrong. I think the important thing here is people are panicking a bit that they say it's in the planning stages and it kind of goes against something that was said a little bit earlier, but it doesn't really actually, when we look at the interviews, um, the, there, there was the, the quote, it, uh, the quote that seems to be in conflict is, uh, from, uh, you, uh, from Kitase, the producer of Final Fantasy VII mm -hmm. Remake. Um, this is, uh, translated by Itaku, uh, same person translated this as well. And in their part of the interview, they said, I've talked, of, uh, they talked about how uh, 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 faithful uh, the the next parts would be, and uh, what everyone assuming it was going to be a trilogy, basically. Um, and they said that basically, yeah, I'm just trying to like, get the the actual quote here. My text is a little off. One second. Um, okay, so here we go. So it comes from Katase. Says we have a rough idea on the next part but it's not been completely decided yet or basically what they're gonna do with the next few parts it's impossible to talk about this right now it seems that many people think that this will all become a trilogy but it all depends on how many parts we ultimately make said namora if we separate it into bigger chunks it will take more time but if we take smaller portions it could be done on a shorter span personally i would like to deliver it fast so people were taking this quote and taking the headlines which said Final Fantasy, future Final Fantasy VII parts will be shorter to come out faster and thought this decision was already made. But if you actually read the interview, they're just offering philosophies at this point about if we made a made them beefier, they could take longer. So if we did like a trilogy, right. it would take way longer. But if we do the smaller parts, we could do it faster. And Namor's like, I personally prefer to do faster. So this really isn't in conflict with this statement, uh, this newer statement that they're only in the planning stages. We also spent so much time during remix development freaking out that like, I think everything's gonna work out really well in the end. And obviously this is all still speculation. So uh, we don't spend too much time on it, but um, a lot of interesting takes. And it's, I always love when something has to be translated because I can just imagine people being like, ah, <laughs> it's like a whole <laughs> potential information in Japanese. Anybody, anybody speak Japanese? Uh, Amazon Game Studios is launching Crucible on May 20th, a free-to-play PC. This is something that they had previously announced, but the reason why I'm mentioning it is because this is like the first big-budget Amazon Game Studios thing. Um, uh, this is, uh, uh, and I love this too, Huber, I, definitely worth mentioning. Uh, they talked to the head of the studio, Relentless, which is working on the team. His name, Frank Castle. Whoa, sick. <laughs> Frank yeah. Castle. Don't mess with him. But we'll see. Yeah, don't don't underestimate that game. It'll be really interesting to see. It's definitely something that they want to to be a Valorant, to be a you know a Fortnite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how well that does for Amazon Game Studios and what else we can expect from that. Why Their does everybody the put? Why does everybody put like a talking raccoon thing in their games? I don't. <laughs> Sold. Hey, not in the woods. <laughs> well, trash pandas are the next ones to come. Yep. Yeah. The Last of Us 2 leaks were confirmed by Sony as being outside Naughty Dog and SIE. Uh, Kotaku says it was probably hackers, but meh. And again, that's just like really the extent of how oh, much we would talk hackers. about it on the show. Yeah, I've avoided yeah, all of this. I don't like don't, this is already this. You even mentioning it is making yeah. me uncomfortable, Jones. Look at him. Look like, at everybody. Look at Huber right on, now. Yeah. Why would I do that extensively <laughs> yeah, to Huber? Why on. would I do that? Frontier Developments is working on a Warhammer Age of Sigmar RTS due in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> love getting that three year lead time yeah, on that announcement. What? Don't uh, tell Hannah, us about this stuff, guys. <laughs> don't Hannah tell Jones, us. 
Hannah John Kamen uh, from uh, Ant, the second Ant-Man film is in talks to play Jill Valentine in the mm. film reboot of Resident Evil. Yeah. Steam Good Dolls stuff. Order of Chaos, a Kickstarter Metroidvania starring David Hayter, starts in June. Like a pissed off hater. It's so great in the trailer. He's just he's as gruff as you remember him, but he's like an evil gruff. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious to see that project come together. Uh, maybe you can shine a light on this. No pressure, Huber. We can just move on. But uh, new story DLC for Mortal Kombat 11 titled Aftermath yes. is mm-hmm. coming with RoboCop voiced by Peter Weller. Yes. Uh, uh, my newest episode of Huber Syndrome actually deals with this very topic. DLC and um, Mortal Kombat with a little tease. If this doesn't get you to watch it. Don gives his thoughts. Tune into that. <laughs> Prince of Persia Redemption came back to life. Uh, came back into the spotlight after sitting on incubated on YouTube for eight years. <laughs> this video had been uploaded to YouTube eight years ago. Nobody uh, cared or saw it or did whatever. But that's that's the internet for you. That's YouTube. Come on, internet. Uh, and it's pretty it's pretty wild. I, with this wasn't this gen. This would be last gen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks pretty good for yeah. last gen. Uh, I, I think the protagonist is a little dry, but uh, that definitely looks like a fun game that I would play. And it's just even after all, even after Assassin's Creed has just kicked so much ass for so long, like I felt good to get yeah, the, to get a little taste of that the Prince of Persia vibe to go back to that. Uh, I would still be completely game. Oh, and like rewinding enemies and stuff. Yeah, it's taking their so- ripping their soul out of their body. Uh, Destiny 2 coming to next-gen consoles, which we probably could have predicted, but that has been confirmed mm-hmm. by Bungie. Uh, THQ Nordic and Coke Media traded. <laughs> Painkiller and Red Faction yeah. for Sacred Risen, Rush for Berlin, Second Sight, and Singles Flirt Up Your Life. They just whoop. Like a base, like a sports <laughs> trade yeah. style. Like, yeah. Singles Flirt Up Your Life? That's yeah. the like nudie That's... version of Sims from a billion years ago. Who is trading <laughs> that for what? What? Uh, These two people. I don't know what's and going is, on. It's worth noting that THQ Nordic and Coke Media had to, uh, are in the same company. They have the same parent company. But it's still pretty funny that these, hey, what do you got here? It's like, go fish, you know? Right. Like, what um, do you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not official, but Sekiro Shadows Die Twice now is a multiplayer mod. Uh, if you want Saw to check that, that out, and uh, thanks to you, um, uh, Mr. Mrs. Robinson, Mr. Ian Hank, thanks to oh, you. Close. Thank um, you. you uh, I just typed this in right, actually during the podcast. But Ghost Runner is now available until May 14th. If none of you have heard about this. This is a demo for an upcoming game, uh, first-person parkour stealth. It looked kind of futuristic cool. combat. Looked really cool, actually. It's a lot of like you jumping into midair and stealth, and then moving where you are in midair, and then dropping on people. Kind of dishonored vibes, but a lot faster. Uh, and I just bring it up now because it uh, goes away on May fourteenth. So mm. Jones, check that out. You just said the magic the word. You've it. got so much vampire bloodline type. Have you mm-hmm. played the Dishonored games? Do you like them? I adored the first Dishonored game. Did not touch the second. Got Dishonored it. Game. Got it. Second one uh, has cool just because of time. Stuff. Yeah, it looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, and you did like a, a level or something. You did something on the the. I think that was the demo actually that I saw yeah. was the the guy's house that all the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah that level is um, awesome yeah. Uh, but you Huber actually said the magic word. Love and respect. Oh. Love and respect. respect. Oh, Rufus. Yeah. Brody, I love Rufus. it. Rufus. You right, Rufus? That was good. Hang in there, Rufus. I think, it's I think like, Rufus like is KK. Just, hey, There's different versions of the theme, Rufus. you know? What yeah. was the genre of that one? Was that like grunge? I think, it, I think it's Sorrow. He misses Bossman. Yeah. Sure. KK yeah. Sorrow. Glitch Ruf- pop. R- Rufus Sorrow. 
This comes from Halftime Turnaround. I recently upgraded my PC after having a 10-year-old laptop, and I am deep diving into Steam, but finding something much better than I expected. I've been finding free, legitimate demos for either early access games or just smaller indies, and I'm having a blast to see what's available. I have not had this much fun with demos since I would get demo discs with magazines in the 90s. Yeah. I honestly thought the age of demos was done, and this is inspiring me to develop my own board game because I have no idea about coding. Do you think that AAA games are just certain they can succeed without demos or publishers just don't want to unveil the actual quality of the game before release and i bring this up because we are just about to start the summer with all of these companies maybe you know, getting their demos ready for e3 yeah. and then being like uh what do we do do we throw them up on steam do we throw them up on ps4 well, summer, switch summer games is do you think we're gonna get demos. more demos this summer than usual and how do you think publishers oh. generally feel about them right summer now? game fest is promising demos yeah jeff said it's demos yeah. Demos on Steam, yeah, we're expecting yeah. the demos. I think I demos wonder... are freaking awesome. I think companies, are, there's no one rule for for demos in the industry. You know, you look at Capcom and they love demos. They're gonna throw out some Resident Evil demos here and there, give you a chance to play it. But like Naughty Dog or Sony, you know, you're not playing God of War or Last of Us um, before release. So yeah, I think it's just a case to case. I, I'm really hoping for a game for uh, Cyberpunk Bloodworth. I would just love it if they would release their character creator before the oh, game sure. comes out. Mm. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I want to see more stuff like that where you're not necessarily playing the game, the finished product as a demo, but you're, you're interacting with it in some way. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the problems is that and there ends up being these, these pitfalls with demos because... Um, and what's actually kind of funny about that is, is I feel like Nintendo, uh, or at least people on the eShop, not, not even necessarily Nintendo themselves, a lot of times, like, they'll put out a game, and then you'll see on their, like, new release listing, like, a demo version of that game, like, three, four weeks, yeah. maybe a month later. And, or, and uh, the, the thing is it, that that is probably the more better, stable way to do it, because you've got to like take your attention away from the game to make the demo or give it to another team and i remember uh kingdoms of kingdoms of amalur reckoning like people went from being hyped on that game to thinking it was trashed because the demo was so bad and so broken and like i i remember it crashing on me multiple times and not being able to complete the demo uh, and then you get these situations like uh, Yakuza and Trials of Mana where people find a way, like they give people a, a piece of the game, but they don't really have a way to like close off the rest of the game. And so what you end up happening is someone finds a way to unlock the whole game and then mm -hmm. they, they got to pull the demo and figure out what the heck to do with it. Yeah. I think it works best for like smaller games. Huber, what's the, the like um, tribal uh, tower defense game? Where you gotta like dance by the Pixel Junk Monsters. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. Man. That demo was like instant purchase for me after I played yes. that demo. So I think if it's a game that a lot of people haven't heard of, you'll be attracted to the fact that they released the demo and then potentially you'll fall in love with it. Where when you have big names, there's like risky. so much expectations. Yeah, risky. Yeah, people uh, want that. those big like they, Final Fantasy VII remake. Like you, yeah. everyone's gonna check that thing out. Yeah. The same they were time. confident though. Yeah, it was a nice thing to do, but at the same time, especially when stuff comes out on PC, like just inevitably you're gonna get data mine and yeah. these companies I'll be interesting to see how it plays out with this like the, the the summer event stuff with how many demos actually start showing up 
and in the wake of all this, you know, some of these games, you know, get data mined and spoilers go out there. I think it's almost at this point, it's like inevitably going to happen and like people should just maybe just accept that. I wish some people would be less afraid of that because ultimately, even, I, I mean, I know it's going to make you scared here, Bernard, just say the name Last of Us 2, but nothing else about it. I, I just don't think it's going to have the this ne huge negative effect on sales or like perception of the game. I think, no, like leaks and stuff at the end of the uh, day. I honestly yeah. think leaks for, for, for narrative driven stuff Ultimately, it hurts a few people, and I think it, it hurts the development staff the most. But I think so many people are still going to play the game, like regardless of that. It's not going to like dissuade people from buying the game. Ultimately, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what I what I love about, or what I like when I see it, it's kind of rare, and I wish people would do it more often. Uh, I mean, Huber mentioned Capcom; they have fun with it sometimes too. But like, and it it reduces the risk of all these other things. Is I like it when the demo is like adjacent content like yes like a yeah. weird Best. side thing you know where it's like maybe not even representative of the gameplay but it's like a bizarre intro into the world or something i just think stuff like that is so neat because it mm -hmm. it can be like a side thing obviously it it's intensive on the team takes a lot of resources away so I, I understand why you don't see more of it but i think that's neat totally dead rising 2 has a prologue and an epilogue and it's oh, so and cool the, the greatest demos of all time yeah. greatest demos of all time it wasn't even in the game it was, it was like own, five bucks right jones game. yeah uh Grunted. i am struggling to get this podcast in on time but i just got a game that's too much fun man it's like my number one challenge because we had such a great conversation about xbox it's just like how do i shut these guys up how do i get them talking how do i shut them up i'll figure out i'll get better we're all we talkers jones we're all talkers but I want to play this game. Gaspard. Hey, allies. Game developer names are weird. So I have a quick game for you called Real or Fake. I have a list of 16 <laughs> game studios, and your job is to guess if they're real or fake. Fun. This is fun. Bonus points if you know what they're best known for. Hope this is fun. Love and respect, Gaspard. Number one, Hamumu Games. Real. Fake. I don't That's know what It's hard with a number one, man. H-A-M-U-M-U. -M -M -U, Hamumu. I'll say fake. But, I think it's yeah. real. I can pick. Probably I think I picture their one. logo. I'll go with real. Real, best known for Kid Mystic and Spooky Castle. Hmm. Mm. Oh, okay. Number two, Jupiter. Fake. Oh, that's real. Oh, Huber says fake. Real. Bloodworth sounded very confident. Bloodworth was. Some of these blood is going to call that me. Was some, cocky, these, that some of these was I was like, blood. oh, yeah. Yeah. That was smug blood. I Insight. was like, oh, that's real. I'm trying uh, to remember what they're known for, but. Best known for many Picross games and Spectrobes. Hmm. There oh, you go. Spectrobes. Yep. Yep. I should have known that. Damn. Crush Games with a K. Fake. It Probably fake. Hmm. fake. Okay. I knew <laughs> I'd get one eventually. So, so, <laughs> that, that's, yeah, just that say fake like... every time. We got sixteen. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn through these when people yeah. get them right. Okay. Yeah. Hothead Games. Fake. Real. Yeah. Fake. It's. Real. I think it's close to no, a real. I think okay. I've seen the the guy goes. Best known for Death Spank. Death and Spank. the Penny Arcade Adventures games. Yeah. That's, oh. That, yeah. Shout out again to Penny okay. Arcade. Damn it. Moon Sky Entertainment. Fake. No. With a E? Moon Sky, one word. Moon with Sky. With an E at the end? No, just one Y together. Moon no. Sky. Mm. Fake. 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 Yeah. People Can Fly. Real. Real. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, come on. Real. Come on. Yeah. Best known come for Come on. Splash Damage. Real. Yes. Real. They did Brink. Did they? Best, uh, uh, Gaspard said best known for Dirty Bomb. Yep. Mm. North Pole. Don't know that one. Real. Fake. 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 Yeah. Media Play Interactive. Real. That sounds real. so generic. It's that sounds like a, some old Mickey game. Yeah. Fake. Oh. <laughs> that was the trap. 
Share entertainment. Real. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Real. What did they make? Shadow Complex. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leapfrog Studios. Real. Real. Mm hmm. Real. (laughs) Wait, what? Leapfrog is the toy. Well, yeah, but it's like the kids thing. It's computer games. I, I don't know. Yeah, according to that's, Gaspard, that's sure. a Google it right now. That's sniff fine. it, blood. Sniff I'm, I'm okay it. To be I mean, wrong. Leapfrog. They make little games for that little it's system. Fine. So it's, I don't know what There's you're counting. There's not count. a studio Leapfrog. Major AAA, maybe not. Cave. Yeah, I don't know. Real. Fake. Cave story. Cave yeah. sounds real. Cave real. Yeah. Best yeah. known for Don Pachi and Mushihi. Uh, Mushihi. Mushihi Mesama. Oh man. Mushihi Masama. Mushihime-sama. Mushihime-sama. Yes. All you corrections Blow people, back in. down. Back down. <laughs> oh, I was like, away. why are you doing this? Yes, that's real, right? Real. What Up is it? Away. Yeah, oh. Real, right? Fake. Real? Fake. Oh. Housemark. Real. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they um, make, they're the... Rezo again. Yeah. And Next Machina. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although, shout out to Outland. They gave up on that Yeah, stuff, dude. Outland. Hmm? Nova Ray LLC. Oh, dude, how smart, man. That LLC fake. part. <laughs> fake. The LLC is so good, though. None of these LLC. <laughs> I'm sniffing them. All of the yeah. fake ones have their two words put together. Media yeah. Play, Nova Ray, Moon yeah. Sky. North Pole. Yeah, Leapfrog North does Pole. not uh, come up Leapfrog. as a studio. There's a Frog uh, Leap Studio. There we go. Which looks ah, like I gotcha. But Leapfrog finally, is that little computer for kids. Yeah. Finally, shout out to Ben Moore. Spiders. I hope that's real. I that's real. They real. did. Uh, they did. Um, what did they no. do? What did they do, Huber? What it's uh, Bound by Flame or the other Whoa, one. What? Maybe they did a uh, like a Souls like. Gaspard says best known for Techromancer and yeah, and Greedfall. And Greedfall. Oh, there it is. Okay. I saw that names pop up. So many spiders. It would have <laughs> been. It would have been. It would have been too easy, but I'm I'm bummed that Fat Shark didn't make the cut. (laughs) (laughs) They put out Vermintide. Shark Jump would be a good developer name. Oh yeah. Um, And uh, that was thank you, Gaspar. That was a fun game. And I just want to wrap up with some jolly vibes. Um, Shy Ambar says, "Last week you mentioned the part that Parvati stopped you before making your first choice at the end of Outer Worlds. I want to share with you a nice story. Usually, when I create a character in games, I always create myself. This time, I decided to create my daughter. She's a year and five months old." That was a mistake. (laughs) Now I care so much. Every death is very hard for me. And when Parvati stopped me, I didn't know what the right thing to do was. And I was so sure before she stopped me that I stopped the game and called two friends with the highest morals I know. They hadn't hadn't played the game. I described the situation and asked them what they would do in this scenario. It took me three (laughs) hours to make a decision. So the moral of the story is... Don't build your children into a game. <laughs> Thank you, Shy. Did you get the the best outcome? There are three outcomes to that. I don't know. I don't know. There were three. I thought there were just two. There's mm. one where it kind of there's a sorta everybody wins outcome kinda. Mm. Right. To mm. that to that scenario. Good to know. Kinda. Well, the one guy probably still gets screwed over, but whatever. Time for bets. Oh. Oh. It, it feels bad to not be able to make the lights go all red. I know, yeah, I, know. I know. It feels bad. I know. What if uh, I it's going to be a whole different vibe doing this sucker. It's going to be a wild. Here we go in on mine. Here the, we go. The closest oh, I can woo. do. Yeah, the closest yeah. I can do, I can, make, I can make my light turn blue. Oh, yeah. I can, uh, oh, I, can, yeah. I, can, I can do this. I can be like. <laughs> Very effective, Damiani. Very effective. It doesn't, do gra- it doesn't go up gradually. Uh, like, it has to change settings. 
Apex Legends Season 5 launches next Tuesday. This time, next week, we record this on Thursday night, FYI. How many people will be watching Apex Legends on Twitch? Ian Hank. Oh, I'm first now? How many people? Sure, why not? I'm always last in the old days. Well. 176,000. Wow. Wow. Alright. It's got 40k right now. Yeah. Uh, Michael Huber. 112,352. Uh-oh. Michael Damiani. 250,000. That was the old bit above it scratched out, by the way. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's a lot. I like it. Crazy. Daniel Bloodworth. Uh, I was way low on this. Oh, 22. dude. Oh, we're screwed, man. 15k. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to flip. I've been flipped this whole time. Look at that. It spins backwards. I flipped it for. Uh, it, look, it looks right to us. For it looks right to us, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, weird. Is your oh. HD enabled too? Backwards to me. I don't know. HDR. <laughs> I don't know. 15K. Let me lock those in. <laughs> Last week's bet. How many downloads will the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer have this time next week? Now keep in mind, this is the cinematic trailer. I know everybody's so okay. hard and bothered over the new trailer that came out. Downloads or Maybe views? Maybe not, I guess. Uh, or sorry, uh, views. I always say downloads. Downloads, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, who are you? Uh, <laughs> over this is the game Page view. What are they, when, page downloads. When you own the servers, it's all downloads. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, you own the YouTube servers? Get, wow. I had to get... Whoa. No, look at the game trailer stays we did, but... Yeah. yeah well, we also used to... Views. Ian, I think before you came, uh, you used to be able to have a choice. You could watch in, uh, in Flash... Or QuickTime or Windows. Yeah. Windows oh, Media. Yeah. I remember you could download them from the site at first. ProRes yeah. LT. How many views will the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer have this time next week? I bet 7.5 million. Daniel Bloodworth bet 11 million. Ian Hank bet 5.2 million. Michael Huber bet 11.2 million. And Ben Moore bet a flat 4 million. Let me refresh. The current download count is 6.9 million. Oh. I bet 7.5. Uh, so that would be seven. Okay, wait. Yeah. yeah I see 6.8 million here, Jones. That's weird. <laughs> Any fresh that? Six, six million nine hundred seventy-one thousand two hundred eighty-five. Oh. On the North America, Ubisoft yeah. North America. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, there you go. Uh, six point eight would still do it for me. So. So you yeah. win, Jones. Huh? You win. Yeah. I win. Damn it. We'll get him next week. <laughs> On a trailer view, which makes me feel. <laughs> and to get a win after uh, moderating and to get win my first win for the team nice here we, here we go for me if, uh, well it might be backwards potentially well actually no I'm recording right now no blood go to your go to your right go to your right blood go to my right you're right yeah yeah no. there we, yeah there we, okay we did <laughs> whoa that's backwards right. for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me tell you I'm above him listeners and viewers about patreon.com slash easy allies. That's where you would want to go if you want to support the easy allies. Now, we get obviously revenue from YouTube, we get revenue from Twitch, uh, we have merchandise that you can go check out, easyallies.com, if you want to see where you can go uh, check that out. But primarily, we are funded through patreon.com slash easy allies. And what's really cool about it is that you can not only get all sorts of fun reward tiers, but even for just a dollar, you can get a bunch of exclusive shows that we do. We're doing a lot of cool spoiler modes. Uh, we just put up a, a spoiler mode recently, a second spoiler mode, talking more uh, extensively 
extensively about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, Ian Hank and myself and Omar DeArmas just did one on Westworld Season 3, and I was going to record it tomorrow, but I will not have time to finish the game. Very shortly, I will be sitting down with Brad Ellis, just the two of us, and we will talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake, because I will be done with that, and I will have lots of thumbs up and thumbs down about that game that we can go into yeah, uh, in exhaustive detail. But... If you were listening to this on a Sunday and you were like, I wish I could get this two days earlier for just $5, you can join the early access tier, which not only applies to the podcast, but uh, uh, several other shows that we do here at Easy Allies. And if you enjoyed Gaming Gladiators at the beginning and Love and Respect, you can submit to those segments as well. Those posts go up on Tuesday where I take submissions for both of those. So if you would like to uh, be more of a part of Easy Allies and help us financially, we would appreciate it. Or if you just want to learn more about us, patreon.com slash Easy Allies is the place to go. Jones. Uh? Jones. What? We didn't do the animal teams and the noises. We didn't. Oh yeah. Oh, you got no. a point. Jump you got a point. That, the score. Oh, score but that's fun. I'm so okay. So let me do. It. Well, you know, I just I slipped it right in the middle of bets that Patreon thing because maybe a lot of people skip it. You know, they they're ah, done with the bets and then they see? click on they click on the closing and they go straight. In. I gotcha. You hook them with the the they're waiting to hear the scores. But yeah, I now yeah. can officially type it in. Let me actually add it to the to the document here. Scores. <laughs> uh, so we have the jovial penguins and the hold on, don't say the words yet. Oh, jovial like, penguins uh, and we have the astonished scorpions. Uh, oh boy, yeah, everything goes wrong the first time I try to do it. <laughs> that brings our score totals to jovial penguins zero. <laughs> <laughs> astonished scorpions one. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the gasp and the sting. That's great. Yeah, we That's need to work great. on that uh, penguin yeah, noise. Yeah, we got to figure ours out. How do you make a happy yeah. penguin noise? Happy feet. Happy feet. My nose could be gushing blood. Yeah, we got to get the same director as Mad Max Fury Road, is that? Yes, George Miller directed yeah. Happy Feet. Yeah. Nice. And both Babe films, right? Yeah, I think so. One of them, yeah. at least. Yeah, definitely the first one. Before we wrap this sucker up, a pleasant shout out to Blue, Caleb Togi Crawford, El Fanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Jesse Blue. Now we're going Ian first, then okay. me, then Blood, then Huber, then Damiani. Damiani, you go after Huber. Okay, ready? Go, Ian. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. A bit Pretty long. Good. We can tighten that Pretty up, good. and I should have uh, done that beforehand, but thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> While you're um, doing it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so a huge congratulations to myself. I get to promote any Easy Allies video I'd like to promote. I get the final word on anything I disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into my head. And I get to sign off with my trademark sign-off. Um, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be fine. I think it's going to be okay at the end of the day. I think almost like it being so good, like heard it in a weird way because people now are like so hungry whereas if it like had a lot of issues people would be like ah whatever it's by they botched the whole thing whatever but it's just like it, it turned out so well in so many people's eyes uh that it's just absolutely killing them now to get any sort of potentially bad news i don't think it's going to take five years brad ellis backs me up on this an easy ally slack uh i would definitely like to promote the newest episode of don's discount gaming with yes. the busiest, craziest thumbnail of the entire series. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and don't be nervous when you watch it. You're like, wait, did Don just go shoot this? This was in the can for a while. This was uh, He was able to get a lot of this footage. Don uh, takes his time. Don takes post. his time. Mm. 
savors on, on it. his projects. They're like they're a glorious. fine wine. Uh, but this is really fun. It is uh, uh, clearly the most beloved member of the Easy Allies going around and trying to get those hot deals on either things that he thinks is going to uh, uh, turn him a fine profit or obviously some uh, every now and then some stuff that uh, he truly holds dear. Uh, and it's just there's all of that and more uh, in this episode. It's uh, 17 minutes. Yeah, it's, about uh, that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. It goes You'll be places. on the edge of your seat. It definitely goes places. You'll be on Sometimes the edge of your seat. Sometimes I was just like, uh. The entire time. And once again, I would like to reiterate thank you to everybody that sent me well wishes and for continuing to support these allies and listen to this podcast. Cheers! Cheers!